0: Tonight's very special episode of the BS podcast on the Ringer podcast network brought to you by The Zone. Stream over 100 fight nights a year including the biggest names in boxing and MMA without the pain of pay-per-view. Fighters like Canelo, Triple G, Daniel Jacobs, Anthony Joshua, a whole bunch plus behind the scenes content leading up to fight night, a library of classic fights, original programming, everything uh, is live and on demand. Download the Dazone app on your smart TVs, tablets, mobile gaming consoles. Ryan Rosselli, you're no stranger to the fight game.
1: Do I used you, to love going to see those fights.
0: You like pugilism and mixed martial arts? I love it all. What would be your style if
1: you were an MMA guy? Um, just uh, lot like of survival. all around guy? No, probably a lot of French kickboxing. <laughs>
0: uh, you can also get access to the brand new MLB live whip around show, Change Up, on every night of the week. Hosted by Rosilla's friend Adnan Vark. Getting set up with Zone is easy. Download the Zone app in the Apple or Android app store. Sign up by creating an account. Start watching across nearly any of your devices. That is D A Z N. We're also brought to you by Callaway, um, which makes the Epic Flash driver that has changed my life. But more importantly, I've heard I've heard you talk. It's about really it. great. Yeah, I hit the crap out of it. More importantly, they sponsor Fairway Rolling, and I went on there to talk a little bit about Tiger with Joe House because. Uh, Joe House has been my friend since the late 80s. We're in college together, and we love Tiger, as so many people do. And we kind of thought this day would never happen, but then it happened. We're going to talk about it in a second. Check out the Fairway Whirling podcast. House is going to do another one this week, actually, I think Wednesday, where he's going to uh, catch up with a couple more people just as we sift through um, the opposite. What's that? What, what word is the opposite of wreckage? The Beauty. The view, whatever it is, yeah, the anti wreckage of just an <coughs> unbelievable, unbelievable night with uh, Tiger Woods. Hey, the ringer.com We're breaking down Game of Thrones, NBA playoffs, NFL draft. This is heading toward uh, one of the big weeks uh, we've ever had. The last week of April, where the the draft, thrones, and the NBA playoffs. Not to mention um, a lot of good movies coming out. All the stuff we care about. It's really, uh, it's really crazy. Um, Check out the Ringers Talk the Throne show. Hashtag Talk the Thrones. Unbelievable night last night. I almost couldn't believe the numbers. It seemed like 45, 50,000 people were watching concurrently at all times. People love Game of Thrones. That's what I learned last night. I had no idea. Apparently, it's a popular show.
1: Yeah, we were sitting there, watched it together, and then watched the Ringer show. Yeah, we watched. We're, I just, it was like. It was like a stock just going up and up and up. You were losing your mind. <laughs> I was going nuts. I was like,
0: wow, this is great. Plus, the show looked great. Mallory and Jason do Binge Mode, and you can check that podcast out as well. That should be up midweek at some point where they will break down in detail everything that's going on. If you want to watch the replay of Talk to Thrones, just go to Ringer, put in hashtag Talk to Thrones. It'll be the first thing that comes up, and you can watch the replay uh, on that or on our YouTube channel. Eventually, it'll be up there, too. So coming up, Russell and I are going to talk about tiger we're gonna talk about the nba playoffs we might even talk a little game of thrones
1: i feel like we have some
0: hot takes <laughs> we, uh, we
1: try to get everybody mad on social media uh, i did
0: we've eat, we had a big dinner tonight we're, we're nice and fresh we have water we're ready to go first our friends from pearl jam <laughs> All right, Sunday night. Nephew Kyle's feeling good. He's sitting here. He's just been fed. We watch Thrones. All I did all week was not move and watch television. I've been up since four forty-five this morning. I woke up. I checked my phone to see if it was six o'clock yet. The phone. I got blinded by the bright iPhone screen. You know when that happens? When it's like it's it's like car headlights coming at you, and then I couldn't fall back asleep. And one thing led to another, and I was just up, and I made coffee, and I got ready for my man Tiger, and then he came through. And uh, now, by the time you're listening to this, it's really late Sunday night, or it'll be Monday morning. You're driving to work, or you're working out, whatever. Um, Russell and I were talking earlier about who has brought the most sports talk radio slash talking head hours to the table of any athlete. So and we're talking
1: all time? All time, but, this, but it's that's modern really, era, but it's not fair to older guys.
0: All yeah. time would really be the last 20 years because that's really when this machine blossomed Yeah, where every big city has a 24-7 station. Instead of like, Wait Boggs, I thought I knew this guy. Right. <laughs> like when in, in New England, 25 years ago, it was like Eddie Andelman.
1: Yeah, right. And then WEI became- He used to do positive shows. I was just thinking about that the other day. That's so weird you brought him up. At the Yeah, just be all day. They had to be a positive vibe. Yeah, no, no complaining. Didn't, don't
0: bring your negativity in here.
1: Now it's flipped, but I would say
0: I would have LeBron and Tiger in the finals. I think Jordan, by the time he retired, the mechanism wasn't in place yet. Like it's even 03, ESPN, yeah. they didn't really have the afternoon program they have now. So I have t- I have Tiger and LeBron in the finals. Who do you have?
1: LeBron is definitely in the finals, but he's the winner too, because you gotta also remember we're not talking golf. Year round, the way we're talking about LeBron or somebody who's, you know, arguably the, the biggest, the, the most famous athlete in any sport in the United States, at least. So, just as somebody who did it for that long. Yeah, you're getting
0: 10, 10 and a half months out of LeBron yeah.
1: every year. The Tiger thing was when it happened, whether it's, you know, look, that scandal's almost 10 years ago. That was two, I was looking it all up today. It's amazing. It's almost, well, it's the end. It's November it and 2009. In 2009, right, yeah. Right. So, that was massive. And that was around the clock. You were doing radio back then, right? You, oh, yeah. Were, were you with ESPN. Van Pelt at that point? Yeah. We had yeah. just we had just started. And that was a weird spot for Scott because Scott was so close to him and Steinberg and, you know, who's one of the guys that, that Tiger hugs at the end when he puts his arms out and that's his guy. And, you know, I I'd even heard that Tiger listened to the show all the time. Hmm. And sometimes Tiger would text Van Pelt during during the show. And that was after, you know, everything that He was like, happened. get rid of the Vermont guy. Yeah. He's like, This guy sucks. <laughs> <laughs> um but doing the job, I, there I don't think there's any way. And look, I'm not knocking the call here. I'm no, just saying maybe there's maybe, no way. There's maybe no Tiger's way. not in the finals. I'm gonna tell you right now, and, and people are gonna roll their eyes. Bonds mm. is up there. So you think bonds sneaks into the finals? We were talking about the home run pursuit, but also the what's up with stuff? the pds yeah. the whole time i remember doing late night shows at espn and i remember never forget one guy called in and goes i'll give you ten thousand dollars if you can come up with any evidence and i was like well look at his 91 tops card i win <laughs> 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 so so um i don't know what, what other ones you would you well have? there was there was also the whole
0: the bonds thing bled into the whole who's a baseball hall of fame or not which is one of the OG sports radio Absolute, segments yeah, you yeah, can have. Yeah. This guy belongs. To- no, he's absolutely not a Hall of Famer. Just people getting mad. Kaepernick sides. had a
1: late push for it, but it was more of um, it's not enough years. No, it's not enough years. But it was, it was a real, real incredible. I was, run. I
0: was wondering like, uh, and I, I don't say this as a homer pick, even though it's my team, but like a Belichick, Pats kind of combo. The Brady's?
1: Yeah, just Brady and The, the, are the these whole kind of oh, infrastructure,
0: sure. but that's not one person.
1: You know what, though? That's If you just made it this two-headed thing with Belichick and Brady combined and the Patriots' angst or the Patriots' which side are you on and all that stuff. The initial would, underdog
0: thing. Maybe a one seed, maybe. Brady versus South. Manning. Yeah, if you're, if, you're, if you're able to include all that stuff, Brady versus Manning. Because
1: I, I think when people are listening to this right now, they're going, well, what about this huge story? And you go, okay, well, that's fine. Like, individual stories themselves could have been really big. This isn't about the biggest stories. It's about kind of in the last 15 years or so, which guy dominated all of the debate shows as much. I mean, Tebow Tebow's kind of in that Kaepernick category where it was red hot for a couple years. It was like four years maybe, but no, I didn't have the legs. No. So
0: um, what did it mean to you today? Well, so did you cry? I got choked up when he was hugging the fam. I really did. I was surprised because I'm kind of a cyborg. I, I the reason I brought up the sports talk radio that whole thing is because this Tiger story has had so many ebbs and flows and arcs and ups and downs and is he the goat? Can he be well, Nicholas? Me
1: your, give me your timeline. Like you were what all in Tiger fan or just always loved the factor? Because you know, there's there's different levels to this, right? Like were you always rooting for Tiger all the time and you always wanted him to win on top of everything? Well, else?
0: I, I was always one of those who's the next guy I want to be in on that guy early guys. So I I remember watching the amateur ones.
1: So you were all. So you were you were Early, like a tier one then with Tiger. Absolutely. Tier one, 100%. yeah, hundred okay. percent.
0: So my easily my favorite golfer ever. It's not even close. Okay, and, and I would put him like McEnroe is my favorite tennis player ever. It's not close. Um, Tiger is my favorite golfer. Avon Lendl two, Navratilova Lendl kind of one a or two a two b. Tiger to me is like a. I I feel like he's a Boston team. Like, that's how I root for like I didn't know like, that. That's, oh, yeah. I was almost thinking, annoying. I didn't tweet this because I didn't want to be mocked on the freaking Twitter. But I was thinking, like, Red Sox title, Pat Super Bowl, Tiger Masters. I've won, like, the last three titles I've cared about. Oh,
1: wow, you're claiming them. You really am, are I'm claiming, it. Okay. claiming okay. them. I'm fucking claiming them. this is good. This I'm is all good. in. I never quit on them. All right, so 2009. Yeah. It goes down. How did you feel? So if you go back, I wrote a two-part mailbag
0: about the Tiger thing.
1: And you got shit on pretty heavy for this. No, Did no, that, that that was, was later. later on. That was later. And the reason um, I'm bringing this up is I think it's important to understand like, where everybody's at with Tiger.
0: I'm just saying I wrote like a 9,500-word column. before <laughs> It was like one of the longest columns. They had to split it over two pages because it would have taken too long to download. I had just so many thoughts. <laughs> I And I really felt like... Look, the word tragedy gets thrown around in sports way too much. I don't think this is a tragedy. We know what the real tragedies are, but this was like a sports tragedy. You have this guy that, um, you know, it's Ollie, Jordan, Tiger. Those are the the big three of the last, going back to the 60s. And 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 he
1: dominated his in a way that it doesn't get dominated. I mean, during his peak years, it's just, you go back and look at it and you're like, that actually happened?
0: Well, like I was when going they through it start all talking today. about changing the course and they, like right. cha- do we have to change Augusta for him, all that stuff?
1: And I'm sure there's some people being like, hey, ever heard of Ben Hogan? And you just go, okay, yeah, but fine. For like for the modern era, for what he did, and to just expect like every week it was Tiger the Field, and you felt like an idiot if you took the field. Okay. So the 2009 thing happens and it's I think it speaks to society. I think what happened today, or excuse me, with him winning this weekend speaks to society too. But it's it turns into this thing's like, man, I thought you were so amazing, but look. You're fucked up just like everybody else. And there's some weird joy that the public takes in that. Yeah. And I knew I was asking you that because that's not exactly what happened. People have they like when somebody has it all and screws it up. Yeah. Because totally.
0: they like to go, if that was me, I wouldn't have done that. I would have handled that better.
1: Or the person screwed up themselves. And they're like, Good, I'm glad he screwed up too. <laughs> well, yeah, I know, I'm serious. Yeah. I, I
0: think so I think the thing that the thing that's amazing to me out of all this. House and I talked about it a little bit, but not not totally. You know, the ship had kind of sailed. This this was this this was done. This was like if you go back to Ali, Ali just wanted to fight again. Nobody like gave up on the on the thought of Ali ever being good again. It was like, can we get this guy back in the ring?
1: Yeah, I mean honestly it wasn't even Ali wanting to fight. It was just they, they wouldn't let him. It, he was like trying no.
0: to fight in Canada.
1: No, but it was it was people trying to get a check out of him. Oh, it was he, the people well, around I'll- him more than it was him. It's there disgusting. was never,
0: there was never a doubt in the talent and with the tiger thing, his back issues, his knee, his body, it just hit, felt like it had hit the point where his body broke down and you look, you think back to even like less than three years ago, there was a real sadness to this story that this guy was done, it was over and it was never happening and oh man, but wasn't it great when he was good? Like nobody thought this was going to happen again. I was happy with him contending again.
1: So you never thought. See, the reason I'm bringing this up, and I think some people are probably wondering why are you going back ten years when you really should be going back to the injuries. But this this scandal never derailed him nearly as much as everybody thinks it did from from a competitive standpoint. He just didn't win any majors, so the public was like, "Oh, he's he's toast." And you go, well, "Wait a anyway, minute, this doesn't make any sense." Well, like, no, I mean, it did, it did derail him though. He was Player of the Year in 2013 and had five wins. Right, but he was not a Tiger major. anymore.
0: Okay, but it. And he was, he had a couple of good runs in
1: 2011 too, but he wasn't, he wasn't Tiger. Um, yeah, he wasn't peak Tiger, but I've always kind of resisted as he wasn't winning any majors after the first, the, the, the family incident, it was this thing where it was like, oh, well, he's been derailed by that. And I'm like, he's actually still playing really competitive golf. Like I was going through it. He, he finished fourth and sixth in, in two majors in 2013. And then, you know, 2015 is when it starts kind of falling apart, even though he he played in all four majors that year, and he, he sucked in the Masters in 2015. And then 2016 is when he's hurt. And then I remember doing the show all the time because every week in 2017 as well, it was this thing where they'd be going, oh, he's going to be awesome. I mean, he played one event in two years. But it was always this idea that, oh, you know, the practice squad, you have no idea. Like he, Going back a couple of years, like he's hitting the ball so well. And then as soon as it started falling apart, it was an injury again. And I was always like, well, wait a minute, what's the injury then if everything seems to be going great? Like I was wondering like how much of it was in his head. Well, and he then- lost
0: his legs because his, you know, the knee that he pushed off, right. I don't remember how many times it got operated on Then he started having the back issues. But, you know, you're right. There, There is a misconception that he was just not a relevant golfer at all after 09 because like even the 2011 Masters, I remember I wrote a column about it that day. He was in the hunt that day, and then he kind of self-destructed in the back nine, but he was in the hunt, and there was that familiar, like, the sounds on the the course and kind of
1: the template for what happened today. His first event back was the Masters in 2010, and he came in fourth, and he wasn't even playing that well. Yeah. And I remember talking to Scott about it, and I go, why would he come back? Why would not he just get a tune-up somewhere else before he come back to Augusta? And this was you know, Van Pelt's knowledge about golf, which is incredible. He just goes, actually... It's the best place for him to come back. So he
0: knows the course.
1: Well, he knows the deal because you don't just get into Augusta. So it's going to be a different level of people in stands oh, and he goes and Augusta is going to put their arms around Tiger and try to protect him from all the nonsense as much as they possibly can. So as I remember doing, you know, the stuff with with hit where you go, is this guy really this hurt or is he that damaged upstairs because he's lost his confidence and you go, man, I can't even compete anymore. And then it's two years where it's one event. But last year he was really good. Like, he was he was really good again last year. And
0: House and I talked about on his pod how he was at least in the mix again. But there was always this feeling that he was eighty percent what he was, or eighty five percent what he was, which mean which meant sure, right? He was super
1: competitive. When, when but- I'm saying really good. I'm not saying anything about peak. But I mean, he in the Open he was sixth, the PGA he was second. So I almost feel like what happened this weekend. It's an awesome, awesome story, but I feel like the recovery had already started to happen for him. True. There was some other
0: level that he went to with the ball striking this weekend, and I I don't know what the stats are, but it just felt like he was absolutely cranking it. You know, there was a couple where he was, like, neck and neck with Finau, who's, like, one of the best drivers on the tour right now.
1: I See, I saw Finau live at Riviera. What Seeing him hit a ball live, yeah, you just go, there's something different with this like guy. He's like a freak. Yeah.
0: And Tiger was at least, like, in the vicinity of him. Um
1: And he I gets never all the Tiger's hand-me-downs, which is cool.
0: The thing with... <laughs> the, the drives that he was hitting down the stretch, the, what was so great was... um you know, and this happened with Nicholas in '86, where just everybody wants one guy to win, and it has this domino effect psychologically with the rest of the field. And I, I didn't feel like the announcers fully tapped into it when it was happening, because like the two guys he played with were the only two guys in the top twelve who did not shoot par today or better, and it was because they were playing with Tiger. It, it was—it's intense, and you're in this situation where everyone's rooting against you and you could feel it. Like if we were doing a podcast right now and there are 200 people in this room and all of them were rooting for me. And anytime you said something, they were just glaring at you. (laughs) Like you would feel it. And it's like some
1: early SVP show
0: remotes. (laughs) (laughs) My my wife was watching. I was like, when Mo and I hit it into the drink in 12, I like, I jumped out of my couch and I was like, yes. And she's like, I've never seen you root against somebody like this. And I was like, these are all my enemies. I want them all to have quadruple pogeys. Like, it, it, But I feel like they could feel that on the course. And if you've, you know, you and I both been to Augusta, that place is, is, it's like a church. It's, it's, everyone. I'm not even the biggest
1: golf guy. And I, I it's, can't tell you how awesome and, it is, but it's everyone's just, pulling for everybody. Right. And it was not the case no. today.
0: And the other thing, and it, the part that I was so glad I went last year for a variety of reasons, like being able to see how hard we're to put on some of the holes, but you can't overstate how little you know what's going on, and you're you're stuck at a hole, and the only thing you have to go by is the scoreboard when they change it. So when they show on TV and it's like watch the roar when they realize Tiger's up to minus thirteen, he's in the lead. Here's a replay. Then everybody goes nuts, and it seems like it's kind of oh they. They're, they're overreacting a lot. They had to have known. It's you don't like, have a phone. Nobody no one, knows. No one has a phone. <laughs> they're all like, holy shit, Tiger's winning. Like, that's the reaction. But that's just what it's like. It's an amazing place.
1: Getting in there is is great because it's almost like this reward when you walk through the ropes to Augusta where they go, all right, however you got here, <laughs> knowing somebody, they, the lottery, scalping them, yeah. second like, however you got here, now you're in and you're one of us, and grab your cheap beers, and here's your, your awesome chicken sandwich, and here's your badge, and the greatest thing ever when you realize, wait, we can just sit in anybody's seat, and then it's just understood if they come back that you get up and get out of their seat, so that means there's tons of empty seats, I'm sure not Saturday and Sunday, maybe not even the entire week, but at least it was for me when I went two years ago, but then to see 18, to stand up in that tee box, and look at that fairway, and how tight it feels coming out of there, and it just feels like this blind shot you know, on TV, I don't think it does it justice. How I'm not saying it's the most intimidating hole, it just feels nasty. Um, and you go, Man, this looks way harder in person than it does on TV. And I,
0: I can't even imagine how exciting it would have been to be there for this. Cause like I was there last year on a Thursday and Tiger Birdied sixteen when we were there. And everybody went nuts. And this is day one on a Thursday, like who cares? Um and we yeah, reacted he didn't play. He wasn't
1: in it when I was there.
0: We reacted like this magical thing had happened if you're there today when he hits that drive down 15 and we're, we're right in like, this is like tiger karaoke right now. These holes, these are like, this is the stretch that he, he owned when he was at Augusta 13, 14, 15, 16. Like these are his holes and he hits that drive on 15. And he's just sitting there on the standing there in the fairway for 20 minutes waiting for Brooks Kepka, and that whole group to just finish. And it's like, man, if you, If he puts this on the green, he's probably going to win the Masters. And boom, right in the green, two putt, goes to sixteen, and almost gets a hole in one. Which, if he had gotten a hole in one, has to be in the conversation for greatest sports
1: moment of all time. I think we have to give it a week or two. It's like four
0: USA beats the Russia in eighty. Tiger hole in one to win the Masters. It was
1: (laughs) okay. Dave Roberts, too. Question though, (laughs) and Dave Roberts. Question, Boging 18, kind of put a damper on it? No, 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 stop it. (laughs) No, 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 no. I'm trying to, we were doing this earlier. It was dangerous though. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. No, but but that
0: that was dangerous though, because he got, he almost got
1: too cute. He did. But the reason I bring it up is that we were trying to figure out throughout the next 24 to 48 hour cycle of who would zig when everybody's zagging because i felt even, like you
0: just zigged no i was doing that you did purpose. the whole tiger woods was good the whole time where were you guys
1: no 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 he was no, he no. was really good i, I was trying to there do was it his entire time. wasn't derailed he was fine i guess i feel like no no that's not what i did i want to find <laughs> the guy that is because we were asking like is this the unzigable if you're on a talk show if you're a radio well host. explain this
0: whole thing to people so who basically.
1: Don't know when everybody's zagging, you know, I want I to zig when everybody else is zagging. And this felt like an all time zag moment where it's everybody, even if you didn't really root for Tiger, like what were you sitting there rooting for Marlinari? You know, I could see rooting for Tony now, but just to see Tiger and everything he's gone through. And I understand he's ever he'll never have to worry about paying a bill the rest of his life. So we don't have to get into that debate. But to see him there with his family, I think even the most cold hearted person would go. So many people never thought this was happening again. And there's plenty of evidence that it wasn't going to happen again and he's playing better and like man what a what a weird 10 years this has been the odyssey that he's gone through laughing yeah. stock and then you know mugshots with the t-shirt on it, and you know and all this stuff like you have to go through it all and you're this this laughing stock even though you're still kind of the man and then it's like I just won the masters I just won the masters at 43 who would go on a talk show and be like well I think it's better for golf if Kepka wins because and so this felt like the un Ziggable type of thing. Well, so the zig. The zig would be, you'd have to come up with a different. No, no, just
0: to explain the zig one more level. There are people out there that they look at the terrain. Yeah, right. They study it and they go, nobody's going this way. I'm going to make the strongest case I possibly can the other way. And at least I'm going to make you stop and think, which is like, I was a political science major, which weirdly ties into what we all do for a living, where it's like you take history and you make an argument. And you just try to sell the shit out of the argument, which is basically the zig. I think the zig is, you know, people are celebrating Tiger. Talk about how great this is. I look the other way. I think of what we lost. We should add more of these. And the only person who cost more of these titles was Tiger Woods. We'll be back after this.
1: (laughs) Why Tiger winning the Masters is actually bad for golf. (laughs) or why what? tiger woods is like uconn women's basketball next <laughs> or,
0: or oh yeah if ti- if tiger's back as a dominant golfer this is actually bad for golf
1: yeah you just this come out of the second you, were, you know dustin johnson kepka Final. ever heard of him you want to know why you have because tiger was average say yeah. goodbye to that we needed tiger sabbatical yeah yeah i think uh the open championships canceled I
0: do think there's, I think somebody will make a case of we shouldn't be celebrating this guy too much because he was handed the golden gift and he kind of blew it. I could see that case being made. I do not agree with it, obviously.
1: Yeah, I just feel like somebody the, will say it. The whole reason I brought up all that stuff is just I remember going, why is everybody saying this guy stinks when he's playing well after the incident? And then it became this injury thing. And well, but- I kind of, I'd kind of given up on like not him as much as I was saying hey, let me know when he's healthy and he's actually going to finish a round, like finish four rounds, and then we'll take it from there. And Because every time he wasn't making cutters, was with withdrawing, it would be right after three or four days of hearing how amazing his practice round was. And so I was like, I don't really know what's going on. Yeah, but and then it was, it, it was it beyond an injury fusion. thing, though. You no, know, that's what I mean. And then eventually you're like, oh, his back is actually that No, bad. but he also,
0: like, he had, like, a, like, an arrest and a mugshot, and it seemed like, was he addicted to painkillers? Like, there seemed like all this other stuff that might be going on and we had no idea yeah, we combined with the spinal fusion. Yeah. And I can't over overstate the spinal fusion part of this. Like I, as a member of the bad back club, you know, I never had the back surgery, but you're just not supposed to ever really be the same. And I, that's why I always felt like tiger, like house said today, he was always 80%. I just felt like that's where we were. You know, it's like uh like you watch Blake Griffin on the Pistons and it's like, I remember Blake Griffin in lob city. He doesn't jump that way anymore, but he's figured out a different way to be really good. I just thought that's where we were with Tiger, but the Tiger today was fucking crushing the ball, hitting darts, carried himself differently. um Not the overdramatic fist pumps, just the robot going to the next hole, like totally locked in. But
1: his elation afterwards is then it all came out at the end, right? Yeah, I've never seen him like that before, and I wouldn't expect it to look like it did ten years ago. You know why? Because.
0: Um, the, what you really want to do is impress your kids when you have kids.
1: That's I was right. trying to impress your kids earlier.
0: I know you were trying. You, they weren't even your kids. You were trying to impress them, but that I was like, trying. People always wonder why Adam Sandler makes has spent like ten years making kids movies. It's like because he had kids. He wanted to impress his kids. People. That's why these celebrities eventually they start making movies that are geared toward people who coincidentally are the same age as their kids. Right, like they Ted want with to Wahlberg. Them. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Ted with Wahlberg. <laughs> <laughs> um. I'll be interested to see where we go next few weeks with this tiger story in terms of, is he really back?
1: Well, he's Was never this... back in the sense of what we were talking about. At no, but peak. what if
0: like, what if he goes to the U S open and he's like leading after day two? Like, could he really like actually be back? Is he not back until the tiger slam? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Could the tiger slam be a thing again, but like, you know, Jack's he's three away from Jack now. Um, he won a ma- he won a major and a masters in every decade. Now he has a chance to be the first guy I think to do it in four decades. I don't think anyone did that. He's got all these things now that we can start talking about. When we go back to the sports radio talking head thing. There are all these kind of legacy things that people can start talking about again that were gone, that were the ship had sailed. We he was like, oh my god, remember when we thought he could catch Jack? Now it's like shit. He might might actually catch him. He is forty three. Um, It struck me today, 43-year-old guy wins the Masters, 41-year-old guy wins the Super Bowl.
1: Wow. Never Has it ever been this good to be in your 40s?
0: 49-year-old guy hosting a great podcast with Ryan Rossello. That's a big one.
1: Are you 50 (laughs) this year?
0: I am. What are you doing for that? I just just hope Tiger Woods wins more majors.
1: We should probably try to get Tiger involved. Be great.
0: I'm so happy he's back. I really missed him. And- one of the things that struck me was that I'll just never like another golfer this much. I just
1: won't, especially now. I'm like, you know, there's no way it would be kind of weird if in your mid fifties, you're like, God, I love this Zach, whatever kid. But I feel like
0: part of the reason I love Tiger is because he hit rock bottom. Like I loved him anyway, but now it's like, you know, he, he made real mistakes that I think are important for people to learn from. And we have these heroes and heroes aren't immortal heroes aren't perfect heroes fuck up heroes do dumb shit they wish they could take back like i like that he has the warts
1: i think it makes him more human i always feel like almost everybody has them and there's just some people that get caught and a ton of people that don't so that's just how i look so i never build anybody up in my head anyway before anything's happened unless i actually really feel like i know the person good or bad but i have wait how old are you i'm 43 i have a little bit of a problem and i think i had a really good seat for this you know when you're doing something where you feel like you're getting the nation's perspective fed back to you and to see the shit fest on this guy and you know i'd heard rumblings where tiger was like look i get it i screwed up and my crime was women i didn't i didn't fucking kill anybody Yeah. All right. And like I kind of thought about that was like, yeah, you know, you did something that you're not supposed to do. You know, we can talk about what family values are and all these different things. I didn't like how the public took a total dump on this guy. And then we are so predictable that when he wins, it's like, man, fucking love this story. Let me give you a hug. Let me give you a hug. Now, I can't go I can't go individually and keep track of who said what and all this different stuff. I just think that's what we do in this country a lot. We're incredibly just mean and harsh and nasty, but then we're also forgiving. But then if you win again and you provide us something, we'll embrace the hell out of you. Like nothing ever happened. So this is what happened to Ben Affleck, basically. Not to compare
0: him to Tiger Woods as like him as an actor versus This Tiger's is incredible.
1: Golfer. I'm going to turn my mic off. Get ready.
0: Get ready for this one. The, the classic story of this celebrity is, you hit it big. Everybody loves you. Something happens where it's meteoric, and then at some point everybody goes, "Wait a second, hold on, who the, who the fuck is this guy?" Then there's the fall. <laughs> then we kick we kick the person and beat the shit out of them. Then they crawl back and have the comeback, and we're like, ah, "I fucking love this guy." It's nasty, man. It is, that that is the arc. Now, Tiger's obviously more talented than Ben Affleck, but yeah. it's. <laughs> <laughs> the town was pretty good. But, like, if you go back and you, watch, you read like the Gone Baby Gone stories and the town of Affleck when he was reestablishing himself as a director, and he was really trying to win the credibility back as much as anything with people that, you know, please take me seriously. I'm not just a guy who just was grabbing paychecks and doing Armageddon. Like, I actually really care about the craft of what I'm doing. What was wrong with Armageddon? I don't know, you know, he had Pearl Harbor, although all yeah, look, I get, there.
1: I mean, oh no, you mean everything zoo's all- not going to be goodwill hunting. No way. Right. You know, but then
0: it goes all the way and Dayton's a celebs and he's has a drug and alcohol problem, all that stuff. But then it goes all the way to Argo and it's like Ben Affleck has won. He has staged the full comeback. And I remember writing this at the time for Grantland. That's when he did the Batman movie. That was his Patriots. Fuck you. I'm going for 19 and 0 moment where he'd already won. He'd already had the comeback. And then he was like, you know, you don't know be really great if I pulled off Batman. And my question is, what now does that become for Tiger Woods? What is his version of Ben Affleck being like, this was all great. I'm back. But now I'm going to be Batman.
1: So you it, think it like would probably him. I mean, if you're putting me on the spot to think of something that's comparable. So I'll just throw it back what, on you. No, that's no, no, what the podcast I, is. I think I'm ready. Tiger <laughs> Tiger just keeps playing way longer than everybody wants him to. That would be his bad. Oh, like age 60. Yeah. And then, but he addresses where he's like, I feel like I don't, I haven't really even played my peak golf yet. <laughs> he's doing like tiger stuff and everybody's roaring, laughing. Um, but by the way, house and I on the pod like three weeks ago, cause we
0: were, we did, he came on the pod and we tried to figure out, should we bet on tiger to win the masters? How realistic is this? And we looked it up and it had been like 10 guys in golf history, won a major tiger's age or older. Like, I think he's like the seventh. I don't even see this stat today, but he's got to be like the seventh or eighth oldest guy to win a major just at the age he's in now. So history says it should be, this might be his last major, which is fine. I'm just glad he's playing golf again. He's in our lives.
1: I've never been anti him. Like a lot of people, I go, hey, just want him around, want him around. There's nothing more played out than when somebody thinks it's an original thought be like, "You know what I like is when he's in the mix." <laughs> I just sort of like it when he's in the mix and you go, "Oh no shit, I've never heard anybody yeah, say that in the last well, 20 years." But do you just, like when he
0: wore the red outfit? Do you like how he brought it back? Old school Tiger outfit?
1: I had some questions about his nipples. I just I can't can't figure out what's going on. What about the mock turtleneck? I don't really like those mocks at all. I thought Cousin Sal had a great tweet on Saturday where he's like, I hope everybody in this final grouping can, again, wear all lilac golf shirts. (laughs) (laughs) That was a really good tweet. But when he put his arms out, and it was, you know, I don't have kids, so I understand, like, people think I'm incapable of understanding what it would be like to hug your kid after everything and comparing it to the Earl hug. But I was just in that moment happy for him. Just really, really happy for that dude.
0: I my whole dad DNA kicked in with the hug and the kids. I could watch anyone hug their kids. Like I, you know, Sports Center and ESPN will do those videos of watch this dad came back from Iraq and he's going to surprise his kid at a basketball game. I get choked up every time. Still? And I'm a cyborg. Yeah, I owe oh, it. It always gets me. I just saw one recently of somebody's brother came home and sat next to him in the cafeteria, and the kid didn't realize it for a minute, and he saw him. And his whole body sank and he just hugged him. I'm like, this is always going to work on me.
1: I saw one in a minor league baseball game and they were like, he's been at tennis camp for two weeks. (laughs) And he he came back. I was like, okay.
0: Tennis camp. Uh, Coming up, I'm going to tell you why Tiger Woods' comeback actually wasn't that meaningful. But first, let's take a break. Let's talk about Robinhood. It is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos, all commission-free. While other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade, Robinhood doesn't charge any commission fees. So you can trade stocks and keep all of your profits. Plus, no account minimum deposit needed to get started. You can start investing at any level. The simple, intuitive design of Robinhood makes it investing easy for newcomers and experts alike. View easy-to-understand charts and market data. Place a trade in just four taps on your smartphone. You can also view stock collections, such as 100 Most Popular, With Robinhood, learn how to invest in the market as you build your portfolio, discover new stocks, track your favorite companies, get custom notifications for price movements so you can never miss the right moment to invest. Robinhood, right now, giving listeners of the Bill Simmons podcast a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help you build your portfolio. Sign up right now at simmons.robinhood.com. All right, we're here to talk basketball. This is what we expected to be talking about, this is a Sunday night podcast where we break down everything that happened over the weekend, everything we think is going to happen over the playoffs next few weeks. Um, we're going to watch Game of Thrones, which we'll talk about later. We're going to eat food, and then we're going to tape this podcast. I think the number one story coming out of the weekend, and I think you agree with me, is uh WTF Philadelphia. No doubt. I don't even... Who would be in the finals with them for
1: San Antonio? Probably winning as a seven at Denver. You know, Denver doesn't lose at home. We'll get into all this stuff I know a little bit later. Man, nah,
0: this is—it's not even close. There's so many layers to this Philly story. Well, that's the thing—is it like a look? Why? Yeah. Let's start here. You just go. Why play Embiid? Why play him in Game One? Why let it drag? Why make it like a, almost a game time decision? You think it messed
1: up the team, the uncertainty, as opposed to just hey, he's not playing? Or
0: also, this is. This is your guy. This is the guy you're paying $35 million a year to. He is the key to whatever your team's going to be the next five years. And he was running around. You know, it looked a little Greg Oden-ish. I got to say, like, he he just looked way creakier. He looked out of shape. If he's out of shape, why do I want him running around in a playoff game? Because that's that, that's a great way to get hurt worse. Um, Toronto took, fans,
1: by the way, are going. We can't even get mentioned as a big story when we yeah, lose. Yeah, we'll get
0: we'll get to you, Toronto.
1: <laughs> I know. Just. He took
0: more threes than JJ Redick. He took more threes than Tobias Harris. Um, he just looked slow and out of shape, and I definitely think it hurt the team. But more importantly, risky, and I, I just don't get it. So explain it to me.
1: The size numbers are are so overwhelming. What he had done against Jared Allen, um, what he had done healthy. against any of their, their big lineups, I don't think he was. A guy that like he missed a lot of threes because he misses threes now and it's a bad shot for him and it's frustrating to see him do that especially when you have a team where the other four starters average over 17 a game so you don't need to take those and i also never understand why anybody goes for that elongated pup fake but people still do it so the nets are trying not to yeah yeah they try i think they've done a better job than, than some of the other teams i've seen do it so I thought the first four minutes of that game told you the reason why the Sixers wanted to play him because it looked overwhelming. And you're looking at how big Philly is when they're right. And you're like, this is so much size for Brooklyn to even deal with. But then I think when you give the team the taste that you're going to have him, and you know, there's all these different things we can point to, but when Brooklyn went small, and Atkinson really, I think, did a number on Brett Brown in this game. Yeah, and did. you could see that Philly, it wasn't that they... Didn't have Joel in, but they still sort of expected him to fix all of their defensive mistakes. And then they're going small. They're getting switched into Reddick, where I feel like Brown even left Reddick in, hoping he would foul out. Yeah, and it was it was really messy. It was really messy at home for a Philly team that I still think I still think needs to prove to the rest of us and maybe even Philly fans that just like who are you really? Like, are you guys actually mentally tough? Or are you two huge sh- shiny toys with two other nice scores and a guy who hits threes? And I don't know if I can really buy into you. And that Simmons game, to me, is the epitome of why we all worry about Ben Simmons and who he's really going to be, because he was invisible in that game. And if Embiid's going to be out, that's when Simmons is supposed to be unlocked. And, you know, and then afterwards, like, none of these guys handle it. So that's all of this stuff combined. Like, all the Philly problems sort of happened at once against, yes, a competitive, fun, spunky, well-coached Brooklyn team. That shouldn't be beating the Sixers at their place, Game One, even if Embiid's in or out. He only played four and a half minutes at the start of the first quarter. That took him out, and
0: that's when my eyebrows were raised. I was like, "This is weird." If you're going to play him, play him.
1: He was getting fouls against everybody. If
0: he can only play four and a half minutes, and you got to rest him, you know, you're worried about his foul trouble situation. Whatever. Like, I, I just didn't. None of it felt right. The game plan didn't feel right. They didn't get JJ involved at all. Like, if you're not going to run. Plays for jJ just don't play him oh just play TJ yeah, just don't play him like you can't have him out there just standing around because he's gonna they're gonna go after him on the other side um it it confirmed to me two things that I was worried about with them really since before the trade deadline. I'm not sure Brett Brown's a good coach. I just don't know if he knows how to pull the strings. I thought he got his ass kicked in game one and more importantly, their best five I'm not sure are good together. And I saw this that, well, they've only played 10 games, and this is what go, we went to. Yeah, but that's back a to. problem.
1: Like, when you've only played 10 games, it, it doesn't mean, oh, just give us the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, it I means don't, I don't know what to look for.
0: Well, it also... And,
1: and he staggers those two guys. Like, he he would try to keep Butler fine, and Harris but, out there and get the other two away from them.
0: I get it, but they still have a real hole being unable to... Like, they couldn't contain Spencer Didwin-y no, on Saturday, and it's like, this is what I was saying in February. Who, who's guarding Kyrie? who who's guarding Damian Lillard, who's guarding like any shifty guard who can put somebody in a screen and either pull up for a three or go to the basket. They don't have the purse. They don't have none of those five guys can handle a guy like that. I just think the, the lineup's redundant and it's like, if Harris is getting his, that means somebody else isn't getting his. Then Simmons, the last five minutes of a game, I don't know what the hell he's doing. And he just disappears for stretches now. Um, it's just a lot going on. I don't like any of it. I don't know what Simmons. And I like their players. It's not, yeah. you and I both like their players, right? I love him. I mean, I don't like their okay. bench. I don't
1: think their bench is very I good. I think their player. bench is fine. I actually do. I, I go I, below average on the bench. But the bench shouldn't matter in the playoffs with all this time off in between and your team is young and you have these, like the whole point is you have these four guys that are all huge. And Jimmy Butler went off and it was kind of a funny Jimmy Butler game in the sense that it's like, so I'm going to be the only one here. Like, I'm going to be the only one that understands this game one so like well he he strapped it on the second quarter but in a way that
0: we all knew wasn't sustainable because i don't think he can put four quarters together he comes and goes
1: yeah but at least they got something like at least it looked like they had a tough guy and the ben simmons stuff i just look at it and go you know there's a reason why he gets knocked more than others because last year when you watch him you go this dude is enormous end to end his vision he can board he should be able to swallow up other guys. And there's certain times defensively where it looks really, really good. And then you see in today's game, like you haven't changed at all. So now I'm like recalibrating what I think of you and your ceiling. But since it was thought that maybe this guy's going to be a top 10 player, he doesn't understand spacing. Like he brings guys in when other guys, like he'll bring his guy into the paint when somebody else is working in the paint. Cause it's almost like, well, I know I can't stand outside cause yeah. everyone's going to sag off of me. So I don't, I don't know if that's another coach, a part of it's on Ben and realizing like, there's going to have to be possessions where you have to stay in a certain spots, but that was a hor- that was a horrible game. And then his whole attitude afterwards, like, oh, if you're booing us and stay on that side, and you're like, Hey dude, you're in Philly, figure it out. Like, this is what's going to happen. I was embarrassed by that. that and
0: was- I actually thought that felt like a little bit of a generational thing, which yeah, we've talked about the players all season about their attitudes toward fans and behavior. And sometimes it's justified. Other times it's like, guess what? We're always going to have cheering and booing in sports. And if you suck at home to a Nets team that you're supposed to beat in five games and only two guys on your team shows up and you're in Philadelphia where they're they're always going to call it like it is, which is one of the reasons I think Boston and Philly fans, even if they hate each other, they're kind of a little more similar than maybe we want to admit. Absolutely. Like yeah. it, that was a no show. They're on national TV. They deserve to be booed. They lost to a Nets team. They're down. 12-14 the first half. Russell was dog shit in the first half.
1: Yeah, D'Angelo, uh, he was terrible. I mean, he was great in the third quarter, but the first great half the he was quarter. a mess.
0: But the, the, if you told me is going to play like dog shit in the first half, what's the score going to be?
1: I Nets and double figures would have been inconceivable. So they gave up sixty-two points to the Nets with D'Angelo Russell playing like shit in the first half.
0: And he'll be really good in one but, of the next two games. But the Simmons Dinwiddie stuff, was a problem.
1: No, Dinwiddie's good, man. And he's good. He's he's good, and Lavert's back, and all these different guys. Well, that's still the go- other thing.
0: Lavert had signs. What the last three weeks started yep. to look like Lavert again because there was a couple moments a few weeks ago where it was it felt a little Hayward ish, where it was just like it might he might need eight nine months before he looks like himself again because that was somebody in november december where remember they were gonna they somebody wanted jimmy butler minnesota wanted jimmy butler for him and that's where like no way i made fun of that on this podcast like oh you don't want to give up karis levert that actually like that they were right i was wrong they shouldn't have wanted to give him up because he's well, on historically, a cheap contract you
1: know, we were talking about this early today but historically there's always these things that when you'd mention Ryan Gomes, you go like, I want KG, but do we have to <laughs> give up <laughs> Gomes? No, like but he's fans, way
0: better than Ryan Gomes. Uh, yeah. No, he no, is. No, I'm kidding.
1: I'm kidding. Karis LeVert was actually always really good. He just was And he's said a cheap contract. Yeah, no, absolutely. So but, I, I get that point of it. But if you're Philly, you go, hey, guess what? Like, we're going to figure out the Embiid thing, but we're going to be more than anything. We're going to be ready when they go small. And we're going to figure out a way to make them pay. When they go small, instead of us chasing everybody around, like if we're actually a decent defensive team, which they're supposed to be, but yeah, unfortunately but a for second. me, it's this carryover. It's a carryover last year and not really going. Oh, wait a minute, you're going to get bounced by this hurt Celtics team when you have Embiid. But you and say Simmons, the figure
0: out the Embiid thing. What if, what if this is just who he is for the rest of the playoffs? Well, then it's we're knees talking- don't knees don't get less sore. Now we're in playoff ground. We're playing like every two, every three days now for the next two and a half months. When's he going to rest?
1: The rest not, is better now than it is in the regular season.
0: No, but I'm saying it seems like he needs oh, two, three to, weeks yeah, off. Right. He's
1: not going to sit out any games. Um, I'm holding out hope. I'm holding out hope that maybe that's stupid, but you think, all right, so let me put it this way. You think this is who the who this is the Embiid Philly's getting for the rest of however long their run is.
0: I don't see why we wouldn't think that. There's maybe obviously I'm, something wrong with his knee. He's having issues.
1: So why, think, why is
0: it going to be better two days from now? I don't think he's as bad. This isn't like an ankle sprain. It
1: just this if is. If he doesn't take he's, five, he's three seasons. I, I don't, don't think know. he was as bad in game one as uh, as you do. Well, you know,
0: you know, one of my specialties is I like to study the running styles of very tall men. They all look bad
1: running when they're that big.
0: He has looked. I've always watched him, and one of the things I liked about him is. When he ran, it didn't seem like the Odin-type thing where it was just like, oh, man, that looks like that hurts. It would hurt to watch. In that game one, it hurt to watch him run. I felt like Really? When they start looking down... No, I'm talking about like rebound running down the floor. When they look down at their legs...
1: uh, See, Embiid, when he's tired, even when he's not hurt, when he's tired, he looks terrible when he's tired. But I'm talking first half it looked that way. The argument is on your side. He had to leave the game in the first half I like half that and you're pro Embiid. Yeah, I haven't given up on the idea that like maybe we can figure this thing out and he'll be okay at some point. I now, just think it's not, like
0: 70, 75% rest of the playoffs.
1: If he's not, though, if he can't go, say he's done game two, he's not playing again. You think the Nets then win this series?
0: Well, you laughed at me on Thursday. I tried to get you there on Thursday with this. Uh, you point should be doing out. a
1: little bit of a victory lap on this. No, but- no, no,
0: because I didn't fully commit. All I said was... This series really had the recipe. This had all the makings. It had the coaching, the chemistry, the injuries, the unfamiliarity, a Nets team that I thought people were sleeping on. It had all the makings. They were five to one favorites or five to one underdogs on Friday, which I thought was crazy. I thought you presented all
1: those things, and then you still kind of didn't pick them. I didn't. I just said I thought it was a seven gamer. I guess I mean I still feel that way. Just still. Looking at the Sixers team going, are you really going to lose this next team? And I always think it's important to remind ourselves, sometimes weird shit happens in game one. And then you, you, it's the only sample that you have for that matchup and you go, oh my God, I can't believe this. Well, happened. and they should and this, win game two. They'll this, get all the calls. This and is a, we know how this works, but this is a weird, it was a very weird Saturday, Sunday where you had this many teams. You're like, wait a minute, they lost. Like these guys are going to lose. These guys are going to lose. So I'm not saying this is normal. Well, so, but, this like happened, the, but
0: the Toronto thing, I look at that and I'm like, Lowry was complete dog shit. I can explain that series in one sentence or explain that game in one sentence. Lowry got outscored 35 to zero by DJ Augustine and Michael Carter Williams. I don't think that's going to happen again. Are now, you sure it, about
1: that? Lowry in the playoffs? 35 to nothing. I, I don't I don't know what Lowry does before these playoff series, but just do something different from but now we know on. He's hurt. I mean, yeah, okay, but the problem is, man, I mean, it, he was terrible. He was terrible.
0: When Michael Carter-Williams is single-handedly rejuvenating, his already kind of rejuvenated career.
1: I like when Lowry broke his face open. Lowry also flopped and tried to get a call. I'll say
0: one thing that I noticed over and over again, and I'm with you, I never like to overreact to game one, and the smart money is always to zig in game two. If th- things were zagging one way, go the other way in game two. But I did notice with the Clippers, with Indiana, um, with, uh, who is he? Oh, uh, Clippers, Indiana. Who is the third team? Oh, Detroit, which is like Detroit's a lost
1: cause. But um, I wish we could vote to not have to have that on anymore.
0: (laughs) That would have been nice. Just cancel it. Yeah. Hey, you guys moved on to the second round. We decided we don't want to take the chance Giannis is going to get hurt. Your Milwaukee advances.
1: That's, Um, by the way, another thing when I watched like, Durant go down at one point the Golden State game I think we went down a couple times watching him be because Embiid was on the floor a bunch early yeah. So maybe that's another pro Simmons Embiid is really banged up Embiid went game. down
0: like six times yeah he was I thought I th- it was I thought that was grit I, I watched a lot grit. of
1: Sixers this year I felt
0: like uh, I felt like he was way off but, but one no there's notice-
1: going, like I'm just saying there's going to be one injury that's going to change the course of one of these playoff stories no question one thing I noticed though is in the
0: regular season versus the playoffs you need your two guys right who can create a shot. And in the regular season, Gallinari in the first quarter and Lou Williams in the second quarter and, and figure out who's going to get hot. It makes sense over the course of 82 games. But then when it gets to the playoffs and everybody is going full speed and trying really, really hard and you're on the road, it just it's like a giant magnifying glass on how ridiculous it is that this is your team and this is who you're relying on and that you don't have James Harden and you don't have Kyrie and you don't have Giannis. And you don't have that guy. And like even today with Indiana, Boston turned the defense up in the third quarter. Really good defense. Crowd got into it. And it's like, we'll see what Bogdanovich has up his sleeve. It's like, this is crazy. This is. And then if it's like when he, then it's Tyreek Evans, if it's not him. And those are their two creators. It's like, you can't win a playoff game on the road against a better team that's playing well if those are your two guys. Yeah, West But, it, but it, it took me today to realize that.
1: Wes Matthews came out just pissed off like he had the full samurai headband on yeah and I'm like wait a minute is, is Wesley Matthews gonna just eat and Pacers were crisp and they were mad And it's like everybody's doubting us and the Celtics are slow on a bunch of stuff and then all the Pacers starters couldn't score in the second half and the Celtics were like hey why don't we just like The Celtics mailed it in in that first one. They missed that, a,
0: Indiana missed a bunch of open shots in the third quarter where it could have been like the lead could have gone higher. Things could have happened. It was like 45 to 40 for a while, and Indiana it was like just a kept fake, missing shots. Yeah, it
1: was a fake comeback in there. Yeah. I, I've always looked at every team, and that's why I worry about the Jazz. I, that whole 2 score thing, you know, look at Golden State. Golden State against the Clippers, which is a little bit of what Houston did. Houston guarded three guys with five. But it never really mattered. Like, they stayed with those rules. The Clippers are doing something like that where they're guarding Durant, Clay, and Steph with five. And they're keeping everyone below the baseline. And they're leaving Draymond wide open. Which is exactly even, what right, they should do. Right. And, and it didn't work. And that's fine. It doesn't mean you should deviate from it. And Draymond hits those first two threes. But think how clogged up sometimes Golden State can look trying to figure out, okay, how are we going to attack some of the things these guys are doing when they're guarding us with five and ignoring, like completely selling out with the philosophy that we're ignoring those two guys. Can you imagine being the Pacers and trying to find buckets when Golden State struggles at times?
0: Right. Well, and that's what I was thinking last night. I'm watching the Denver. I thought Denver was going to win this series. I think they have a better team. And then you see the playoffs. It slows down a little. And San Antonio has two guys who can get a shot, right? Aldridge and DeRozan can at least get decent shots. Denver's two guys were Jokic- who doesn't really take a lot of shots. And all of a sudden, they're really relying on Jamal Murray. And, you know, they they did their Jokic took
1: nine shots, by the way.
0: I know. But he's he had 14 assists he's creating. He's at least 14 creating. Boards, right. He's creating plays. Um, but Jamal Murray was their other guy. And Jamal Murray didn't have it the whole game. He ends up taking 24 shots. He screws up on the last two plays. And the thing that was alarming to me you know, and you don't think of it, I'm watching them in a regular season context, but in the playoffs, when you really need like whoever, I don't really even know what their other options were. And I don't think Mike Malone did either. He's like, ah, all right, Jamal, maybe, maybe Jamal will get Jamal a wide open 17 footer to f- win the game. Basically this, maybe this will get him going. They didn't really have anybody else. They could have run that play for. So now, now I'm like, I thought, I thought Denver going to kill San Antonio. And now I'm looking at it going, fuck, I, I, are, are we going to get San Antonio in the Western finals? Is that how this going to play out?
1: You know, we could still be right about both teams being underwhelmed and they're just playing each other right now too. You know? So when I look at San Antonio going in, I'm like, you know, this doesn't really, this doesn't feel like it's that dangerous of a team. You're two score guy. I'm with you. But at the end of the day, I can't believe I just said that. I hate that phrase. At the end of the day, Denver shots, six of 28 from three at right. home. Okay. They're not going to do that again. Yes. Jamal oh. Murray. Is actually still a question mark at this point in his career and this malone, is what he does he he is a little if you see him if you see him on the right a night, and cold. right now like, you're like oh my god this guy's better than Devin booker but he missed a big three that he airballed malone and an ato ran a really it wasn't even that complicated it was a high screen where he spurs got look. Screwed it up the spurs sag too far off of it. it was a beautiful open look he misses that one and then he gets stripped by Derek White, who's a classic example of a Spur that I go, oh, the Spurs drafted him, so I guess he's going to be good. And he just fits in. He was terrific in game one. and He was all pumped up. And you're like, Jamal Murray just had three major, major screw-ups at the end of this game. But is Malone supposed to do something else? Because well, Malone's the, a good coach. The other
0: thing that was noticeable, because the playoffs, it's the, the, just, just hotter. The lights are brighter. The team scouted you. It's just are you
1: making fun of my end of the day cliche? No, I'm
0: not. Just could feel it. They don't really have like a point guard, and it's I was fine with it the whole year because I I think the whole point guard thing's overrated. But at the same time, like the Nets have two guys, Dinwiddie and Russell, that can at least calm a situation down and make sure the ball goes to the right place. Denver really relies on Jokic to make sure the ball goes to the right place, which is just abnormal. I'm not saying it can't, it can't work. It's just weird to me. And by the way, we're talking about the two-score thing. The, the other reason I brought that up, if Paul George is really hurt, which it seems like he might be, OKC is down to the one score, which is a real problem because that one score is Feaster Fam in Westbrook. And that was another one. My fear with OKC, and I, I thought they were going to win the series. I thought George was healthier had just watched him in that Houston game the other night. And it seemed like the shoulder was manageable. Today, it did not seem manageable. Today, and I, I think they were bummed out after. I, I think we're going to find out after the year that he has like a torn rotator cuff.
1: You something. think everybody's just really hurt though? Like, is there any part of this? I think where I he's can, really hurt. Okay. I, I he think he might, might have be. like a
0: torn rotator he cuff.
1: He might be. That was the word but, on the street a little bit too. No, I get it. But, you know, I look at the end of that Portland game. Where it feels like it's going, you know, Portland put up this big lead. Everybody comes back. It's weirder when somebody's up twenty and they maintain the whole thing. I mean, it's just the way this game works. And OKC's defense really cranked up there too. It did. They're staying with the guards more, um, which also led to Canner having a field day with the rebounds. I know you want to get to Canner here, but it's my guy. George is struggling all day. He can't hit anything. The only thing keeping a minute scoring wise is his free throws because he still ended up with. 26 points which is so fake but he had a three that was like a non-pressure three that he kind of walked into and then there was a three that they ran for him then he missed and it just reminded me of all the paul george stuff that we've been kind of let down about with him in the past right and so which if we thought we'd gotten right, rid of this season right and if he's hurt and it look I, he's obviously a hurt to some degree but that makes them very different because i think westbrook like this wasn't a bad Westbrook game at all. It was I was tracking him the last six minutes. He was deferring. He was making the right read. Agree. He the only time he really forced it is when he grabbed that defensive rebound. And he just tried to go end to end and he didn't even make it past his own free throw line. And it was just a collision and Portland ended up with the ball back. I liked how he was using Adams down the stretch too.
0: He wasn't like trying to No, and he, he, it was a, it was a definitely a higher level thing. But look, look, I'm just talking pure eye test. I think sometimes you can tell when somebody doesn't look right, especially if you watch them a while. And the two guys that stuck out to me this weekend, like "Eh, that
1: guy doesn't look right. Were
0: George and Embiid. I just don't think they look right.
1: Embiid, they gave us evidence that he's not right by leaving. I've just also how about
0: how about his quote about it only hurts when I jump or cut. It's like okay, (laughs) well, so there's that. I just couldn't help. I couldn't. What about standing? Does that feel good?
1: Paul George isn't hurt. What I'm saying is. I've also seen Paul George look like this when he was supposedly healthy. Mm. That's my this point. This
0: is one of my favorite Russillo things.
1: Right. The
0: why when you don't play well, do we have to make an excuse and say you're injured? This is your Steph Curry thing right. from back when. But although, I actually think... Steph was hurt. Yeah, and I, I think <laughs> I think Paul George is... I think we're going to find out that he's way more hurt than we realized. Now, on Anus Canner.
1: Yes, the floor is yours. <sighs> you know... Hose you down, Tiger and Enos in the same day.
0: I have. I've been on a couple islands. Dean Waiters Island, obviously. Uh, that Marcus one's... Smart Island. <laughs> I've, there might be. I might own a small house on Yabaselli Island. I haven't really talked about it that much. It's it's a one bedroom condo.
1: But I uh, was a big Sergey Monya condo guy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, I've always like still can't believe he didn't work out. Go ahead. I like guys. Who can do things really well in basketball? I like one toward. That's why I've always liked Farid. And now Farid could only probably be successful on four teams, but now he's on one of the four teams. He's okay. Canner uh, can post up, crashes the offensive boards, competitive, great teammate. Um, has been in big games. Was in a lot of big games in OKC where they on the bench. They, in, no, he played. He played in that that year in 2016. Like he played in that playoffs. He played. He hurt San Antonio. He had moments.
1: I'm and just I, saying, there's also some series where he didn't get in.
0: Yeah, but okay. I I had a problem when that happened. I never understood why they didn't play him enough for Golden State, and I and everyone's like, well, the advanced metrics, he's terrible. It's like, uh-oh, are you going anti nerd right now? I'm going anti nerd because everybody was pointing out the stuff he couldn't do and the reasons why it was bad to have him in the lineup, and meanwhile, they barely had enough guys that year. And if you watch that, like we did a rewatchables on that last game in Golden State, the game six, and he had like ten points in that game in eight minutes or something. I just have I've always thought there was a place for guys like him, and you know he'll hurt you on one end, but he'll help you on the other. And if he's if he's bringing stuff to the table and taking stuff off the table, I'm okay with that because most subs just take stuff off the table. I actually think he brings some things to the table. So that's my case for Kaner.
1: Yeah, towards the end of that run, and it was because it was Golden State, but... He didn't really play as much the last No, he didn't, he didn't play at all. They were, But like, also, okay, he's going against this isn't one of work. the great s- shooting teams of all time. Yeah, and that was kind of the beginning of some of the small ball stuff. But yeah, they were, they were inconsistent with him in his Dallas stuff. I just remember the Golden State series because he wouldn't shut up, and it's like, now you're not playing. I think he and Draymond, it'd be shocking if Draymond... He was really good. He was really good because Portland needed another level of... They just needed another outlet. And he's always... Look... The year he was supposed to play at Kentucky, if you go back and look at all his stuff, you could tell, you're like, man, this guy's really, really skilled. But as good he, as he was in game one, and as much as you like him, I, maybe this is this is kind of a couple different things at once. I think there'll be a game in this series where it looks like you can't keep him out on the floor. Okay. That's fine. All all I'm, I'm saying, good, saying gonna is was,
0: he was available for free.
1: Yeah. At the end of he February. Right. Which right. is crazy. We have, we have like,
0: think of what Philly gave up for Tobias Harris, which I hated when they did it. And if they get knocked out in round one or they get knocked out in round two, that's going to look like a disaster. Like just a full-fledged well, unless disaster. unless they, they
1: keep him and that's their insurance against letting Jimmy go.
0: That's not why they did the trade. They did the trade because they wanted to win the title this year. That was not a trade like, oh, I hope if we do this, it'll be easier to keep Tobias Harris. They did the trade because,
1: look- Well, they, they did the trade because they liked Tobias Harris enough thinking- we're going to keep one of those two guys with but these But that's dudes.
0: the number one reason they did that trade. They're trying to win the title this year. Well, because, I know what they said, but... No, but I'm saying they looked at it, and I think they looked at it pretty smartly, that you never know when you have young superstars, and it might blow up at any time, and you think your window is 10 years, and it turns out it's two. We got to go for it, and we went for it. This That was a trade they made to win the title this year. That was not a future trade. I mean... If they keep him, great. But I think they really want to win this year. How do we make this about Enos Kanter? Because they gave up all that shit for Tobias Harris. Miritich goes for a second rounder. Enos Mm -hmm. Kanter goes for free. Now, Tobias Harris is much better than those guys. But my point is, you can find people who can play in a playoff series. I don't necessarily have to trade every asset I have. And if I am, I better get somebody who is a slam dunk.
1: And I don't think Tobias Harris is a slam dunk. If you look at the history of those kinds of deals, when a guy's under contract and you can say, oh, we're just going to resign, things change all the time. When it happened, we both were like, wow, that's actually kind of a lot in comparison to other things. It was, so, so was crazy. an right.
0: expiring free agent.
1: So we're in agreement there. The Canner thing, though... Maybe the positive is it's not just the rebounding and the scoring and knowing that he, there's going to be stretches where he gets eaten up. And as much as like one game one, we can think, oh, wow, this is how the series is going to look. It's not. It doesn't. Like, I went back and looked at some of this stuff. the stuff. The, the, the Pacers beat the Cavs last year in game one by yeah, 18. It's ridiculous. Um, the Celtics that year with Isaiah Thomas, they lost to the Bulls. They may have lost to the Bulls if Rondo doesn't get hurt there. The Houston San Antonio series was you're a second if, rounder.
0: You're an if Rondo doesn't get hurt, truther from 2017.
1: You think the Cel- You think you don't think the Celtics are in some trouble there? I choose not to think about it. That team wasn't that good, man. <laughs> you know it. <laughs> they weren't that good. But no. you know, Houston smoked San Antonio. Remember that series a couple years ago. And that was game one. I think they won by 20-something. I had it all written down here, so I'm off the top of my head. And then guess what happened? We're like, man, San Antonio, too slow, too old. Houston, so much more athletic. Look at the way they're cutting. And then guess what? San Antonio in six. And Harden had an awful, awful elimination game to go with some of his other stuff in his bad playoff resume. So Uh, all the stuff we've seen. Drive-by. Yeah. Harden. (laughs) Jesus. Turn off the headlights. Duck, James. (laughs) I I try not to freak out too much. As bad as it looked for the Thunder, the the, the side the thing that I I haven't gotten to yet on Canner, and I'll make it quick on this, is I wonder sometimes if a team and look so much of what OKC does is the high pick and roll with Adams diving and then somebody coming off of that. But if you are saying, hey, let's kill Canner this whole game, every minute he's in there, let's kill Canner, let's kill Canner. Does it screw everybody up? I think that's great. I like. You see what I'm like, saying? Like but that's you were gr- so focused on exploiting one thing that it fucks it up your whole It Threw OKC yeah.
0: out of their offense. I totally agree. Because everyone's like, oh, canners, and we gotta do it. Um, all I know is the guy had like 20 points and 18 rebounds and he was, was awesome. available was available for free on like February 27th. It's crazy.
1: Is this really a Celtic segment that we just did on Any Scanner? Uh, is this about your dad? I did it for my dad. <laughs> can you just by the way, can you can you share what happened to your dad? I can. Oh. Um, no, I can't. Oh, you my, said you can. Okay.
0: So my dad, he go, he likes to go away to this one place where I won't say where they are every year with my stepmother does the trip this year and does it for the middle weekend in April, not realizing that it's master's weekend. The only two people that like tiger more than I do in my life. um, uh, well, maybe house and I are tired. My dad and my agent, James baby doll Dixon, who is like who ha- actually has like a tiger statue in his basement? Loves tiger. It's his favorite. Life size? Yeah, I think it is life size actually. <laughs> um, but uh, so he loves tiger. He's been waiting for this forever. He left to go to his vacation last night. So watches round three. Now realizing that this tiger event is going to happen. Didn't he say four.
1: like, "Hey, worst case ahead of time, like kidding around"? Yeah, worst case. Yeah,
0: he. he, he He's like, well, worst case, Tiger will be in the hunt, but it'll still be a win. He said something like that, but it'll still be a win because that'll mean Tiger's doing well. Like, he tried to be magnanimous about it. Um, is in a place where there's no, not a lot of television. He's basically <laughs> reading Twitter and text for me. That's how he's is finding out. Is he
1: miserable? Can he, is his joy for Tiger's accomplishment, can that be enough to offset the fact that he's not able to watch any of it? Um, I think he's happy and absolutely devastated
0: because this was like, he said this That's on the podcast last achieve. year. Yeah. He said it was his number one sports wish for Tiger to win the Masters.
1: <laughs> That's not fair. That's, I, get, including, including like any Boston title, I'll over, call somebody he, so he has
0: Celtics season <laughs> tickets. And this was his number one sports wish over that, and somehow he didn't get to see the fourth round.
1: Well, because the other the other ten years have gone pretty well for all the other Boston teams. But that's the so. thing. He, he could also look
0: another way and be like, "The man has no wishes left." I
1: kind of wish you, thirteen yeah. titles, in Century <laughs> <The> Revolution. I <laughs> yeah, really, like, I, re- I wish the Revolution have good owners. I really wish you had tweeted out some absolutely douchebag Boston tweet, and we were like. With I'm tiger? actually claiming this one because I was there since his amateur rounds. <laughs> so, duck boat. I don't me softly.
0: I, I don't have a boxer anymore. I used to sugar Ray used to be my guy, and then uh,
1: I heard that in the Aram podcast. And then Hagler,
0: good. and then they fought, and that was weird. Wait a minute, who'd you root for in Leonard Hagler? I rooted for Leonard, but I but ah, it was a lot of soul searching. Asshole. I know <laughs> Leonard was my guy from '76 Olympics. Though so I I had a longer longer tail with
1: him. But macron is my guy. Today. You have guys. I do. I, I mean, I, I've never really had a golfer, though. I don't. There's guys I've met that I like. Um, I wouldn't claim to say I know any of them all that well. I didn't ever root for Tiger. Like, when Tiger lost a tournament, was I upset? No. So, you're at a different level with that. Actually, it's not even the same stratosphere. I'm trying to think, like, what individual guys I've liked. Oh, I like Federer a lot. I've always really enjoyed watching I do, Federer. too. He's, right.
0: th- he's, like, kind of tiered two or tier three for me i wouldn't i wouldn't like say better. he's better sean one of my
1: White, big i'm a big x games guy mostly winner so yeah that's been a good run too hulk hogan you know who i liked macho man randy savage i loved i was a big junkyard dog guy mm. but he never really you know as, as jyd fans we knew we were never gonna get a chance at the title
0: well my other golf guy was nicholas just because growing up I was a kid in the 70s, and
1: the icons, you just reared for the icons. Did you kind of like the Cowboys then, too? No, no, no. You just went Nicholas Tiger.
0: No, Ali Nicholas. Yeah, but Nicholas is like, he's the most- And Ali? Jesus, man. Kind of a front runner. Everyone liked Ali in 1975. He was the most popular human being on the planet. What were you, though? Wait a minute. If you're- I was five and six. Yeah, so we had wide world of sports back then oh Okay, right. So this is where it all started. Ali was on every week, and it was like him and Evil Knievel. Those were the two guys. It was like
1: these are my guys. Did you ever read Montville's Evil Knievel book? Yeah, it's that is incredible. He was like the.
0: I felt like they were equally famous. Like
1: the first seven years of my life, Knievel was miserable every stunt. Yeah, he was scared to death. (laughs) He didn't want to do anything on all kinds of drugs. Legitimately bad guy. Yeah, and that's my guy. And Montville, that book, I, I, I would put that up there with one of the greatest sports books I've ever read. By the way. Just I'm yeah I know you like Lee right I don't want to be pumping up guys Um, I do but that bird was my guy yeah but that one makes sense you're a Boston guy who also happened to like Sugar Ray Ali I'm just saying I haven't had a lot of guys seems like I've had more guys than you for the guys individual stuff yeah Yeah. I don't I don't have a ton of individual I mean I was a big Greg LeMond guy
0: (laughs) Greg
1: LeMond Uh, let's take a break. Let's talk about Bud Light.
0: Bud Light is keeping it real by putting an ingredients label on their packaging, brewed with hops, barley, water, and rice, no corn syrup, no preservatives, no artificial flavors. You know who else is keeping it real right now? You watching Billions, Kyle? No. Why aren't you watching Billions? What happened?
1: My internet's out.
0: Your internet's out? So your internet's not keeping it real? Yeah,
1: not keeping it real.
0: Jesus. Well, you you've have five Billions episodes. Billions has been keeping it real this year. Game of Thrones is getting a lot of attention right now, and rightly so. But I like to look at Sunday Night as an extravaganza of television that I enjoy, not including the basketball playoffs. A lot of maneuvers. Yeah. Barry, a lot of people watch Veep. I'm going to binge Veep at some point in my life. I'm like about six seasons behind on Veep. But uh, speaking of keeping it real, cheers to Bud Light. Nobody keeps it more real than them. Reminding you to enjoy responsibly and Keep it real. Winners and losers of the weekend, just quickly, because I'm with you. We always overreact to that first weekend. I do think, I do think the Nets are kind of a bad matchup for Philly. I don't know if that'll translate to an actual win, but that that is
1: not not a typically easy first round series. Um, That's a be- look. It was bad for a bunch of reasons, but I think the biggest thing is who is this Philly team? Who are they really? Are they a bunch of individuals? It's more a case of Philly yeah. beating themselves right. versus it just has and they to, all said the wrong things after the fact and didn't and, like any of it and the amir johnson phone thing was weird but we didn't even talk, we about, didn't talk about it because it's like okay espn catches it we see it everybody immediately freaks out me included you're like you'll be kidding me and then all of a sudden uh dave mcminneman espn reporter, is like well wait a minute amir's daughter's really sick so then everybody feels guilty about the tweets and all this different stuff but brett brown came out and didn't sell that message at all which means well wait a minute did did he not buy Amir's story? Was that not the real story? What's going on? He was fine. Amir apologized to the team. So if that, so something's wrong there. And I don't want to sit here and debate whether or not because there's still a part of you. It's like, look, if his daughter was really that sick, I don't want to do that or be that guy. But that Philly team is this. It really all it's been now is hope. There's nothing. You know, whenever it,
0: it they gets, won, they won right.
1: fifty games. They're fifty and thirty-two. Right, and let's face it, it, it was a success based on everything, but it was. A bunch of wins against teams that were tanking at the end of the season. And I got too excited about it too. They've done nothing for me to go, hey, I'm going to give them a benefit of that a little bit, other than just the names. And I'm still sort of doing that a little. So that's. Well, you think about where we were a year ago. This is around before they lost to the Celtics in five.
0: And we were thinking, this is the next great young team. They had all these assets, they had two of the best 10 young assets in the league, maybe the 10 best assets period for like the trade value column or something. Simmons was on a real run where it seemed like he was starting to look a little Magic Johnson-y and Bede was dominant. And it really seemed Fultz like they, was going to be good. Well, no, they No, but had, they hadn't given up. You they know hadn't given saying? up, yeah. But. It was like, eventually Fultz will yeah, come here right. and this is all going to go. And now they, they lose to Boston in five. They have the confetti game as the big legacy of that series. Brett Brown gets totally outcoached. They know they might have a problem with Brett Brown. They don't do anything about it. It's almost like they feel bad about all the hinky.
1: They eaters. feel bad. Yeah,
0: yeah, they they were like, ah, let's give him one more chance. So now, well, now it would have suck to fire the guy when they actually
1: started getting good.
0: He got pretty badly outworked in that series. Goes to the Colangelo thing that started by the ringer, unfortunately. So you know, uh, full disclosure, but we wrote a piece that ended up getting the GM fired. Um, they trade. They do that trade where they get the uh, the future Miami pick. They trade down from ten to sixteen,
1: right? For they another take guy. Takes Zaire Smith, right, who, who play.
0: ends up has this huge sickness thing, misses almost the whole season. Then they do that. They go all in on Jimmy Butler. Then they go all all in on Tobias Harris. Now they have no assets left. I don't think anybody thinks Harris and Butler come back. Embiid's hurt again, like. If you're just ranking the holy shit, like you can get another coach. If Butler leaves or Harris leaves, whatever, you'll you'll figure it out. You'll use your cap space for something else. The Embiid being hurt again, if that's a serious thing, that's red flag number one, the biggest one. What is Simmons? Why don't we feel any different about him than we did 12 months ago? That worries me. And then they don't have the assets anymore. Like the process is over. There is no process. This is their team.
1: So how do you? Fix I have it? nothing. I have nothing to add to it. I just don't. Because all I can tell you, there's is no that other there's, move. There's other players. There's other groups of guys. That you look around the league, and that's what's so weird about the East. Is, it, is Kawhi proven? Well, Kawhi's proven with a different organization, and the Siakam thing is nice. And the ball that Orlando game could have gone either way. I, I'm not yet worried about like i'm not doing the same old toronto thing again here yet it was a dj augustine heat check yeah it (laughs) It was was. and a terrible larry game in orlando still almost lost and by the way Vucevic and the way they went and doubled them twice you had an aaron gordon followed by jonathan isaac threes in the opposite corner those two guys hit two huge threes in that game Kawhi makes the great read kicks out of gasol that one goes in and out that to me is a coin toss game I'll wait until Toronto loses game two at home before I start freaking out about them again, but collectively it's not proven. Milwaukee's new. Giannis scares the shit out of everybody else. And he should, it seems like he's that guy that I don't know what anybody's going to do with this dude. Now, Boston, I have no read. Do you feel on like, that.
0: do you feel like Boston, if, if it gets to Boston, Milwaukee round two, that, that, that series in golden state, Houston are going to be the conference finals. Basically
1: just trying to process it all out because when you said Boston I really didn't think we had anything to say although I know Gordon Hayward I don't know what the final numbers were Gordon Hayward he looked not as really, good as how he looked he looked really good today yeah in he's,
0: he's this has been a three-week thing yeah I've been trying yeah, to tell people he's super aggressive again and he didn't finish shots today but I like the way he played I stand by it
1: him getting the ball in transition just going and then yeah. he was going to make the decision I was like, whoa, wait a minute. Did like, you see when is- he
0: cherry-picked on a play in the fourth quarter for Horford? Horford hit him on a little lefty reverse, but he's taken off now. Like he's like using Bird his McHale. speed again.
1: <laughs> you know, a little. So, I mean, as we're running through all this stuff, and I don't want to do too much more in Philly here because th- there's really no disagreement. Other no, than I have, I, I have one not, good one for you for in a second. I'm just saying, if I'm going to kind of hold out hope for you, I usually like a little evidence that I you know you that you've done something before and they haven't with and the I know Celts no I just mean Philly in general I mean uh, the Celtics are the same thing I mean the Celtics at times I'm like are you guys the most delusional like they released that video and be like we still don't see anybody's being a seven you're like you're the fourth seed guys you the, know, like you're you're not the fourth seed after back-to-back yeah, so titles
0: no. the two th- the best things for them is Horford look better today just moving better and seemed healthier and the way Hayward's playing I have a good one for you Kyle Mark this spot, because this is is a potential breakout on Twitter. This is a great what if that I don't think we realized was a what if, but now I look back and it would have been really fun if it had played out this way. What if LeBron had gone to Philly last summer
1: instead of the Lakers? Simmons comes off the bench.
0: (laughs) Maybe he makes Simmons better, but maybe uh, (laughs) then they don't have to do the Butler trade.
1: Um, they trade Simmons for Trevor Ariza <laughs> LeBron calls up James Jones um,
0: if LeBron goes to Philly last summer it's just more fun for every Philly's more fun and the Lakers are more fun the Lakers are more fun yeah because the Lakers are just a, an unequivocal train wreck but at least they have cap space and they're built around young guys maybe magic's still there we don't have to read I'd love to tweets. get some
1: true true serum in LeBron and be like Hey, are you really happy about this? Should you have stayed in Cleveland one more year,
0: or gone or gone to Philly? I guess he didn't want to chase titles, but why not?
1: Yeah, the Philly thing was weird. What's that, the point all that of stuff, the late? It, it was like no, a fake, fake seed they planted to everybody. Yeah, maybe he didn't do it. It would have yeah. been a good what if, though, right? No, you're not with me. I wasn't expecting. I, would, I, didn't, I didn't expect to have my mind blown this late. Uh, Philly, well, well I, you know, the thing is, I still don't know. I don't know how that would look basketball wise. Better just, better than it looked for either team, I think,
0: for what we saw last couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. I do think LeBron could have brought some good stuff out of Simmons. Cause I do think Simmons has a high basketball IQ in some ways, right? Like he he's a great passer. He ha he does the defensive rebound, the way he takes off and goes. And then, as you said, there's other times where it's like he's never played pickup basketball before. And he's running into guys as they're about to make a move or he's doing pick handoffs and he's in somebody's way. And he it, it just seems really inexperienced to me sometimes.
1: Did we do that thing on the air? Was Look, that you and I texting about if Simmons were at a bar, how he would be as a customer?
0: I think we did that texting.
1: Yeah. Do, it that, was like, do that whole bit, though. If Simmons went to a, like a bar that was busy... And he he would go over and be like, hey, I found a spot. And he, they'd like, he'd be like, hey, can I get two Midori Sours? And the guy'd be like, that's the fucking service station. That's what those brass <laughs> yeah. rails are for. You're like, in your way. Can you just, move, sir, please? You're not supposed to go sir? over there. Sir, and please move to the left. He, Simmons would get drinks. And he'd be like, all right, hold on. He's like, I think I found a spot over there. And he there'd be like this little area in the hallway. He's like, this is pretty good, guys, right? And it'd be the hallway to the bathroom <laughs> and everybody would be like, why are you guys fucking standing here? Like no one's standing here. The reason the space was open because no one actually stands near the toilets the whole fucking time. And I then- was
0: saying he'd be in Vegas. You're playing blackjack. He's the guy standing between third base on one table and first base on the other. Who's just crowding both guys. And the one guy is trying to smoke a cigarette and keeps accidentally brushing it against Simmons. Yeah, yeah. every now and then he's text you to, bit. And he'll tell you to hit and, and he's right <laughs> he's got his hand yeah. on your chair you're right. like can you just give me some room
1: yeah right. have like three feet like, how much are you for the drinks be like actually i got them for free because he thought i was waiting tables <laughs> uh
0: yeah um the only other overreaction for me from from uh are these
1: still winners and losers because i think we did i, I think
0: we turned it into overreactions um <laughs> the 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 uh the paul george shoulder thing i can't wait to find out what's actually wrong with it because my spidey senses are just shooting fireworks they keep alluding to it they're said like well they wrapped
1: some, it up as soon as the first sub out it was like let's make sure we get an igloo on this he guy
0: he had some quote about how he hadn't lifted it over his head since the houston game or something he hadn't lifted his arm over his head in five days and it's like what's going on so anyway uh Portland shout out to them really quickly. They lose. Uh, they lose their center who was playing really well. Dame hit a just the ballsiest twenty nine footer. I thought that he was great. He had four of them, but that last one, like he had two. Westbrook where should I was have like, been guarding him, but at the yeah. same time, like he was twenty nine feet away. You're not to, even think right. about it.
1: Yeah, uh, that was pretty great. That was great out of them.
0: Oh, another loser. I have another loser. Okay. For you. <laughs> no, you'll like this one. No, no, I'm not. Get ready. I'm not telling you. I want to. I want Get you ready. to. Put stop. your jetpack on for this one. Kevin Durant, what are you doing? You're like the 14th best player of all time. You're up 20 against the Clippers. Why are are you in like a blood feud with Patrick, like a double technical ejection thing with Patrick Beverly? What are you doing? What's wrong with you? You're 30 years
1: old. That didn't bother me. It didn't. Now, if he gets five more you. He's texts. got two texts. Yeah. Now he's
0: got five left for the rest of the playoffs.
1: Five less. What are you doing? Do this. Don't get five more texts and lose a game in the postseason. Okay? I think that's, that's this? doable. Don't get any texts. That's doable. What are you, ah, like in fourth grade? Patrick Beverly setting the tone. You know what I thought was funny is that people on Twitter with that game was, ah, oh, man, the Clippers are getting screwed here. Just screwed. I looked it up. Yeah, the, the Clippers taken, were like the same. The Clippers had taken one more free throw yeah. at that point when Beverly and all those guys started going nuts. Beverly was going nuts. Lou Williams was going nuts, and then when Beverly got that technical, he didn't get the technical just because he clapped to the ref. He got the technical because he and Lou Williams wouldn't let it go while um, Steph and then KD were taking free throws. They just wouldn't stop, and then Be- Beverly claps. So most people are going to agree with you on the Durant and being—he's not a loser on that one. Beverly's annoying as hell. I get that's how he's in the league, so I respect that part of it, but. I don't. I think Durant has enough self control, even though he's been kind of pissy all year. You
0: remember that? Remember that playoff game when Larry Bird got thrown out because he started barking with uh, Sedale Three.
1: Sedale threet. Oh wait, that, nev-
0: that never happened because Larry Bird would have just told the guy to get the fuck away and not, not even. Sedale Three knocked Ainge
1: out though in a regular season game. He he he
0: slapped him. It was the greatest slap in the history of the slap? NBA. No,
1: nah, there was a little.
0: No, it was open hand. It was an open hand Tony Soprano slap. And I felt like Ange got him.
1: staggered on that one. He though. did. It yeah. was
0: a slap. It was not a punch. I you don't think- like <laughs> look when your stature is at a certain point. I don't like that. Don't get caught up in that stuff. I and in general, the way the Warriors have acted the last three months, I think is a problem. I don't know why that like. So give, me, just the, acting like give big, me the
1: equivalent. Give me the equivalent. Of acting you. like babies
0: all the time.
1: Like, would you get into a fight with? <sighs> don't beef down.
0: That there's never beef down. Don't beef down to Patrick Beverly. Yeah, but I think that's ridiculous. Also, like you know what else bothered me is that was a classic Doc Rivers. And Doc Rivers, great season. Kudos to him for the coaching. But that was a classic, look how smart I am. I'm going to put Patrick Beverly on Kevin Durant. Watch this, guys. It's like, you know what you should put Patrick Beverly on? Steph Curry. Have him hounding Steph Curry, touching him, stepping on his feet. That's the guy you need to take out. Kevin Durant's going to get his points anyway.
1: I just watch Ainge get his. Oh, man, the, the, he gets staggered. The slap, yeah, yeah. It was a. It was kind of like an open hand. It was a little. It, just, it hit Mr. him, Mister Miyagi. Wasn't though. ready for it, right? Yeah. It wasn't like a. It's on YouTube. It's more of a punch than you think it is, no. but it's open hand. But it's Isaiah it Thomas like he watched to, that a lot last summer. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe your best line. It took Thank us. You. It took Thanks. us. I'm, I'm can really I let me uh, let me throw a winner in there? Yeah. Houston, not just because they won game one, they had 99 points with seven minutes left against Utah. 99 points, seven minutes to go in that game. And everybody seems to love in basketball nerd world, this overplay hardened shit where you just sit on Going his left side. the nerds? Yeah, a little bit. Okay. A little bit. Because the nerds really embraced it when it happened. And... I really think you need to make sure everybody knows the plan when one guy's giving him a straight line drive. Yeah, and and
0: he's left-handed, which always takes everyone an extra second.
1: So sitting on it doesn't allow him to do that kind of step back three and get into that left-handed shooting position, so I understand that benefit. It also cuts down on some of the angles of his passing, but two things. There's way too many easy just drives to the bucket, and Harden got going, by the way, and he didn't get any foul calls. He not get any foul calls tonight. And the other problem is, is I think consecutive games going, you're going to put Royce O'Neill and, and just shade him on my right side. Like a guy he's like Harden, used to it. Yeah. he's he's so good. Anybody that, who's that good is going to know, okay, look, hey, everybody, just know this is what I'm going to do here. This is what I'm going to adjust. So, look, I, I shouldn't have made it so personal. It's just that. I liked it. I like when you get personal. I don't know, man. I, I don't I don't understand why people thought they somehow solved
0: Harden with this overplay thing. And they're not solving Harden. He's one of the best offensive players of all time. Um, you know what bothered me? I watched in House today play actual minutes in a playoff game. Daniel and House. Yeah. So the Rockets had him. They screwed up. Remember, they had to yeah. release him. Here are the Rockets. Here's Daryl Morey, friend of the program, um, who over the last 12 years, over and over again, has found people that end up becoming worthwhile NBA players, right? Like, I don't think anybody has found more people who would be like, wow, I didn't realize that guy was a role player or this, that. And they screw up with this guy and he's just out there for two months. You have all these other teams and I saw a lot of them. I'm pretty sure not all of them had 10 good players. And this guy just floats in the freaking outer space for two months. How does nobody sign him? Be like, oh, Daryl liked him. Let's just sign him. He must be good. How has Daryl not reached that point yet?
1: The Fareed one blew me away more, and I don't know you already brought that up. How he'd be good only on a few teams. Doesn't it feel like that's the Houston system thing, though? Where, remember, everybody would always want everybody on Phoenix when it was Nash. And you don't think was wrong. Philly could use House? In that sh- this in that version, role? but I mean, are all those shots going to be as open? I mean, everything's open. Everything's open in this system. It's awesome. If I was a GM who didn't make the
0: playoffs, and I watched the playoffs i would be watching all these random dudes who just ended up on these teams trying to figure out how I missed It's like with cantor Cantor's sitting there for four months, eighteen rebounds twenty points It's like did I miss on that one? what's going on here i'd be I'd just be studying that, but it's funny how the same teams are getting these guys over and over again,
1: yeah, it's credit to old Shane those guys because clearly they really like cantor yeah. the offer they've him liked then, him for right. five years yeah. at yeah. one point. I just thought like we want to have the weirdest team (laughs) of just huge white guys so Uh, hey
0: that those four teams we mentioned in the last podcast portland oklahoma city san antonio denver and i said to you one of these teams will be in the western finals by rule and i think we picked okc who would you pick now because i'm at a loss i don't know who i would pick
1: I feel like I'm always the non-Denver guy. And I still I don't want to just give up on them against San Antonio. Denver's stock is
0: low, but I think you're right. Now you're buying low, but Jamal Murray might have just had a bad game. Yeah,
1: this isn't a stubborn, I'm thinking Denver's awesome all season long. Yeah. Like I think I had a pretty good read on Denver. Yeah. And their problems became exposed. Like Jamal Murray had the bad Jamal Murray game. And I think you got to worry okay where is your head going to be at now after your your playoff experience here but i still went to you if you're malone you know i didn't decide to go to monty morris instead of you but- it's funny
0: they might have actually needed isaiah thomas if he had been able to bring it back together like they could have used him in that game or somebody like him somebody who has the skills that he ostensibly has uh quick break and then we'll do a couple emails Let's take a quick break to talk about a couple podcasts on The Ringer, The Rewatchables. We did Major League. If you missed it, we put that up uh, late last week. Me and Rembert Round broke it down. Coming up this week, Field of Dreams. We're putting that one up, I think, on Friday. So be ready for that. Me, Mallory Rubin, I'm going to make her cry at least seven times. And I think Chris Ryan's going to be on that one as well. Speaking of those two and Jason Concepcion, they hosted Talk the Thrones on Twitter. Massive success. Did really well. Thanks for all the support. Thanks for spreading the word for us. If you missed it, you can go back and watch the uh, replay on Twitter, or you can listen to Binge Mode for the podcast that they're going to be putting up at some point in the middle of the week where they're going to watch that episode, I don't know, 10 to 20 times, and then uh, break down everything you saw. Speaking of breakdowns, a lot later, Racilla and I are going to be breaking down uh, Game of Thrones. We're going to be doing our breakdown. It's kind of like Binge Mode after a head injury. So look forward to that, and uh, and check out binge mode. Check out Fairway Rolling, where I was on talking about Tiger with Joe House earlier today. And he House is going to have another podcast this week as well. So, uh, not to mention all the other great podcasts we have on the Ringer dot com, as well as the website itself, where you can find some of the best writing on the internet. The Ringer dot com, the Ringer Podcast Network, binge mode, talk the Thrones. I hope you're uh, watching and listening and reading all of it. All right. Back to the uh, podcast. Um, just some serious prices really quick. 76ers minus 215. Nets plus 180 right now. Raptors minus 300. Magic plus 250. <laughs> I actually, I like the Raptors. Magic yeah. aren't going to beat the Raptors, right? No, I don't think That's so. That's happening. Yeah. Spurs minus 115. Nuggets wow. my min- Nuggets minus 105. Celtics minus 800. Thunder plus 120. Blazers minus 145. Any of those jump out of you?
1: Not the Pacers. Uh, the Denver. The Denver number. feel like you're getting them down a game, home court still, basically even. Do you think a road team can win a series if they don't win game one?
0: This is one of my weird theories.
1: What's the math on it? Do you know? I it? almost
0: feel like you have to win Game One if you're if you don't have the Game Seven road game. There's all these home playoff game.
1: things I don't like though. When somebody says, "Oh, the season hasn't series hasn't started until somebody beats somebody yeah," I don't else. agree with that. Like, I, that one is always everybody repeats it all the time. I've never really agreed with I it. I don't like it. But what if everybody wins home? Did the series never happen? So, <laughs> kind of like that one.
0: Dave from Brooklyn wants to know on our on our pod before this, you wondered why Ben Simmons didn't take the leap you expected this year.
1: Oh no, more Ben Simmons.
0: He's dating a Kardashian, exclamation point. The list is endless of careers. Athletes whose careers take a detour when the relationship starts. Lamar, Blake, Reggie, Chandler Parsons, et cetera. Reggie Jackson? Ben uh, dating In this, somebody in this family is easily the single biggest contributor to his lack of progress this season. Come on now. I don't think it's the Kardashian-Jenner thing as much as dating another celebrity. So I think they get a slightly unfair rap with this, but it, I, I just think it's, when you're dating another celebrity and you're in that world and the combo of you becomes bigger. And instead of just dealing with somebody who has a normal life, you're dealing with somebody whose life is abnormal as yours. I don't think that's necessarily a good thing.
1: Does it say something about the dude more than it means anything about the female that it's like, you want to sign up for that. You're into that. You enjoy this thing. Like you think this is good for you. I mean, granted you could also be like, Hey, I think she's really hot and she's famous. So, and I'm 21. And right? Yeah. What do I know? Right. Or 22, whatever it is. Yeah. So it's probably not that mm-hmm. complicated. Craig from Ottawa says that'd be interesting, though. The per of NBA players that pursue famous girlfriends. Harden
0: has been pretty honest about the worst year of my life was when I dated a celebrity, and I wish I had done that. Like the word, like
1: who was he with? Meg Ryan.
0: Uh, I was with uh, Chloe. Was oh it? the Chloe? Chloe Kardashian. Meg Ryan. Craig from Ottawa says, the Knicks announced Patrick Goon will be representing them at the draft lottery. How can the Ewing theory apply to the draft? <laughs> Would the Knicks' potential to win the lottery be improved if Ewing got hurt the week of the lottery and they had to replace him with somebody else? I think they should try that. <laughs> they replace him with Marcus Canby? That's actually a, a great move. I vote for that. The, it's too smart. The Knicks will never do it. Uh, Jerome this James. Is, I can't wait for your reaction to this one. Josh from Utah I have a get out of jail free card for LeBron and the Lakers hire Becky Hammond, become the first goat to play under a female coach, hang up, hang it up, wait for the 30, 30 to be made. Everybody wins. That is one of those things that if they hired her, every, it would, the narrative would completely flip. People would be so into it. So we always talk at ringer. We always talk about uh behind the scenes. We always joke about great hire Twitter, you know, certain coaches or GMs yeah, right. that everybody loves like, some person will get hired that nobody knows, and there'll just be this pack of writers that been great hire, and it's clear that they have somebody that they've been texting That actually for happened
1: with Becky Five, now. six years? What San Antonio Becky would did. be the great hire, all-timer, because right. Bec-
0: everybody loves her.
1: Well, this is a theory that I had on... Um, this was actually incredible that this is even brought up, because when... Was it Catherine Smith was the special teams coordinator for the Buffalo Bills? Mm-hmm when it was before McDermott's crew was in there and and I looked it up again because she wasn't retained, at least in that role. And my point was I have this radio show and everybody's talking about this as if it's like this real NFL coach who's female, okay? And sometimes some of these stories, I'll go, wait a minute, what's really happening? What's actually happening versus what is everybody applauding? And so I thought, hey, I'm going to have this swing at this topic seven hours after everybody else has already done it. I thought it was interesting to bring it up and say this is crazy. And I go, it's a sign of the times. And I'm not complaining about it. I'm not complaining about it. But I find it fascinating that no one wants to say, well, this is stupid because three years ago, plenty of guys would have said, well, this is stupid. What's her background? Why is she a special teams coach? And it would have been fine. It wouldn't have been challenged. But the climate and the way we talk about gender roles and occupational stuff and on air, like all these different things, if anybody ever questions it, then that person's the asshole. And I wasn't even in a role on the radio where I wanted to question it. I was simply pointing out a new angle on a topic that everybody had taken their swing at going, that is interesting more than the hire itself. Mm. The reaction is good hire Twitter. And I still got killed for it. Wow. Interesting. It was fascinating to watch it all unfold. And I go, you realize by getting me getting killed, I'm only proving the point that I just made on the air. <laughs> <laughs> it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. Like I'm a fucking wizard over here. So, if Becky got it, no one would dare go, well, you know, what's your qualification? San Antonio deserves so much credit. You only hear really good things about her. So, maybe it should be applauded that way. I think way. she
0: needs at least one more year on the bench, is from what I've heard. But people do think she's going to be a head coach. Yeah, somebody's, at some point.
1: somebody's going to do it. I would, the LeBron thing would be weird because, it, like, you can't treat her like David Blatt. Because then it would, it would start <laughs> it would start coming back on you. So why is that a win for LeBron? That would not, a, that's an unwinnable situation it's for not, LeBron.
0: It's, it, that's,
1: and I don't you, think LeBron wants to be coached, to be you, honest with you. You I, just
0: described why Maverick Carter is going to be their next coach. Um, Nick Field wants to know, did Magic Johnson create the player empowerment error? Think about it. Came into the league as an established star. Got his head coach fired after signing a ridiculous contract. First to create a brand for himself and his team, the Showtime Lakers. First to become a businessman after his career, a uh, series of short sighted decisions that he quickly bailed on, and approval rating that always bounces back no matter what, refuses to get off Twitter. He's saying magic created the player empowerment error. I think all, that's all, all good true.
1: points, and it's still LeBron in 2010. Okay. I vote for magic. Yeah, but then why didn't it happen? Like where where was this in the nineties where everybody was pulling this stuff? Since LeBron in 2010. I think everybody was just stoned in the 90s.
0: (laughs) Andy from Kingston wants to know.
1: Jamaica? New York? Maine. Uh, Tennessee.
0: (laughs) This is great. I like how he starts this. When the Cavaliers shock the world and win the NBA draft lottery, how long do you think it will take LeBron to start pushing for a trade back to Cleveland so he can play with Zion? Does LeBron have a minimum number of number one picks the Cavs would need to get before he would try and force a trade back to Cleveland?
1: <laughs> you know what I always like about the Cleveland thing is when would be like, well, he wouldn't do that. He hates Danny Gilbert. Well, we already knew he hated him. And he yeah, went, he back went back for anyway. four years and won a fucking title. So yeah. um, he, he doesn't hate him so much he wouldn't go back. I do love the regretful, did I leave Cleveland a year too early he starts thing. leaving the messages
0: yeah. on the answer machine. Hey, how's it going?
1: Did, did, you, fit, did you call
0: me? Hey, my phone rang. I thought that that wasn't you. I, you didn't FaceTime? I, I, sorry about that. It's been a while. Rob Hardy from North Carolina. Unfortunately, asked this after the playoffs had started, but who do you think will have a breakout series playoff run a la Chris Middleton last year? Anyone? Anyone. Anyone in the 16 teams?
1: <sighs> Enos Cantor. <laughs> yeah, Canner's worth eighty million dollars. He's got the all these playoffs, AP first place votes. <laughs> that would be great. Like tracking Enos Cantor's future contract. <laughs> and right now, it's like pinned right under he's a. He's already
0: have to like three years, thirty-eight million. Easy, just from that one game.
1: And then they sign him, and they go, yeah, three, three for 45 But it's, it's movable. Steal. It's movable in yeah. two years. First year,
0: so you know you're paying it anyway. Count. Third year's expiring contract.
1: Gordon Hayward, no. Um, Ooh. Siakam I or has that say, already happened
0: I was gonna say Spencer
1: Dinwiddie I love Spencer Dinwiddie he used to have this
0: oh I guess what about one of the Orlando guys
1: Dinwiddie has this mustache or used to that he it wasn't like I want to impress you I'm just fucking growing this thing yeah <laughs> yeah
0: this is for me not you yeah how about Derek White how about his dunk how about the fact that he completely outplayed every Nuggets card in that game I don't know. It has. I gotta go back yet. and watch
1: Derek White in college. So make more. a pick.
0: I think it's fair that nobody's materialized yet, so we can make a pick.
1: Mm. I'm gonna make one. I'm gonna make one. Uh I'm
0: actually gonna. I'm gonna say D'Angelo Russell because what I liked about his game one, and he's already an All Star, obviously, but I think he's a max guy. And um, what I liked about his game one is he sucked in the first half and came out after halftime and was really good, which. In a playoff game on the road counts for something, I think. I'll say Thonmaker. Okay. <laughs> this is, uh, I sent you this question earlier, so you'd be prepared. VP from Menlo Park says, I looked at the number one picks overall from the past 25 years. Iverson, Duncan, LeBron, et cetera, clearly exceeded expected value of the number one pick. He said Wiggins and Bogut, all under the expected value. He wants to know what is the Mendoza line for number one picks. So, like he he thought it was like Dwight or Blake Griffin, which I disagree with.
1: Those is, are probably the question is yeah. basically,
0: what is the cutoff line to determine if you were a successful number one overall pick or not? So, Mendoza line's the wrong term, I think.
1: Mendoza line is too what he I think he wants like median value, right? That's so what it's he's like, looking for here.
0: So, what is it in VORP? Is value above replacement, right? Over. Yeah. Value over. So,
1: VARP is less popular. I,
0: I thought I listed the 25 guys and I thought we'd pick a player and it'd be like value over John Wall or something like that. So, I separated by tiers. Like, these are the last 30 years. Tier one is LeBron, Duncan, and Shaq. Tier two is Iverson, Howard, Griffin, C. Webb, Anthony
1: Davis, Kyrie. Yeah, because I didn't have Iverson as a tier one. So when he I'd brought up Iverson, yeah. Iverson's a whole another conversation. The best three but. of the
0: last 30 years are LeBron, Duncan, and Shaq. Iverson, Howard, Griffin, Weber, Davis, Kyrie. The third tier is a bigger one. Elton Brand, Yao, LJ, Derek Coleman, Carl Towns, Rose, Wall, Glenn Robinson, who is completely underrated. Ben Simmons, Kenya Martin, Andrew Bogut, starts going downhill a little bit. DeAndre Ayton, Joe Smith, who played forever and had a couple good seasons and was better than thought. Next here, Bargnani, Wiggins, Purvis, Ellison, Kwame Brown, Michael Olowokandi. Last here, Greg Oden, Markel Fultz, Anthony Bennett. So, if you just do the halfway point of that, the fifteenth guy would be six nine. It would be Derrick Rose, John Wall, Glenn Robinson range.
1: I had Glenn Robinson as my, you know, if you're if you do that. It's kind of what you want to look above and below that, right? Like if you get so, Glenn, let's go with
0: Glenn Robinson.
1: Yeah, I, I had Glenn Robinson. When call it called Voger, value, value above <laughs> Vager, value over, yeah, yeah, value over yeah. Voger, Voger,
0: value over Glenn Robinson.
1: <laughs> so, so like Anthony Zion's Bennett would have be, a high Voger, right? And Anthony Bennett would be like minus five point zero Vogers.
0: Oh, he'd be like minus seven point eight Voger, but. DeAndre Ayton right now is like minus 1.2 Voger, Yeah, but, but it's still see it bumping up. Yeah, it's, it's early. It's,
1: it's INC on that one. How much money do you think Bargnani made in his career? Because I was looking up Bargnani stats today. Oh, it was like 40 million, right? Double it. 80? 75. <laughs> <laughs> he had a couple 20-point seasons, though. I know. I,
0: I liked Bargnani. I, I used to
1: think. To I remember talking to Fernandez and be like, am I nuts to think in the right situation? God, that sounds like that. NBA support group thing. No, but
0: I, I, maybe he should be the next guy for NBA support group. Wiggins,
1: I was surprised. The language barrier? I mean, Jesus, it's not easy for these yeah, guys. It's
0: tough. You know, they're making it's fun tough. of them.
1: Yeah, you're over here smoking darts and on a moped whistling at all these traffic
0: cops. I was surprised Wiggins was my seventh least favorite number one overall pick of the last 30. Because you got, got Mark You
1: got Bennett. You got Odin. You got Bargnani. No, I had got, I have Bargnani ahead of Wiggins. No, but I'm just I have Ellison Kwame Olawakandi. Ahead of Wiggins. I'm not saying you're wrong, but like think about that sentence.
0: Barnani had a couple 20 point. Yeah, but game, he also kind of sucked
1: too. Who would you rather have in your team? I'd still hold out hope for Wiggins a little bit more than Bargnani. I just feel like
0: Wiggins would hurt my feelings more. At least with Bargnani, I'd had low expectations. Wiggins
1: would have been really good for that support group. Be like, hey, we know Canadians are polite. Jesus. <laughs> so i go with Voger.
0: i think zion's gonna have a very high Voger.
1: depends on the squad
0: i have a gym corner question for you okay this is great kyle's gonna be giggling the whole time question for ryan for gym corner from jordan i was <laughs> male or female i don't know i was doing box jumps besides the squat rack the other day and another guy was doing squats beside with two and a half plates on each side two and a half plates Between my sets, this guy proceeds to unrack one side of the bar first. Uh Leaving too too much on the other side. The bar comes crashing down along with the weights onto the box I was about to jump onto. The guy shrugged it off like it was nothing. I was stunned and severely annoyed. Ryan, have you ever endured a near-death experience at the gym like that?
1: I've had some stuff happen. Yeah. All right. So two and a half plates. He must mean two 45s and a 25 on each side. And basically, if you're going to take off, you know, the most you can really leave is two forty fives on one side. Um, and even then, I, I'm almost neurotic about it anyway, because I've just envisioned a bar coming and swinging across and taking me out. So what happened here is the guy knows he fucked up and yeah. he looks like an idiot. And maybe, you know, he was post squat you know, he's squatting two seventy five. So he may have had like that little weird head hangover thing where you're dizzy after the fact because maybe that's heavy <laughs> for him. And he just started unloading because he wasn't thinking. Maybe he was pumped he got seven reps. So he's sort of in this euphoric post-squat deal. And because he did all those things and he totally fucked it up, he's not going to own it. He can't. He's. I mean, I would hope you'd go, hey, man, I'm really sorry. I just lost But a dude in the gym with another stranger, he's not going to own it. He's going to do a Pee Wee Herman. I meant to do that type thing to you. And that's just that's just what goes on. I've had a couple scenarios where not with me, like I'll ask somebody to spot me. I'm, I'm trying to be a hero, even though if you don't ask for a spot, you're probably better off for the gains because you kind of know you're screwed if you don't get it off your chest, but you don't really want to start doing that kids if you're listening. But I had a guy have, um, what were we at? 315. So 365. And I was spotting him in his pector off. And it was, what
0: happens when a peck tore? It just tears, tears
1: away from the the either. Is the guy like, screaming? No, he was like, up, oh, tore my pec, tore my peck. He didn't like fully blown, rip it to shreds, but he tore it. And then I had to like sort of deadlift it off of his chest. And then I was like, I felt bad. He's a really nice guy. And I was like, oh, man, he's like, something's wrong. Something's wrong. He's like, that sucks. That sucks. He's like, oh, my God. And I was like, man, I didn't know if I was going to be able to help pull that off you because he was also pushing still. And he was just like, ah, screw it. We would have just flipped it on one side or the other and figured it out. And I was like, all right, that would have been fun. So I see kids every now and then. They load up too much. And then I've I've gone by and 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 pulled something off a kid every now and then. But at Equinox, there's not a lot of kids there. So I don't run into it anymore. Should is it okay if I tell people to stop sending their
0: stories about nude
1: old yeah, guys at the gym? We're maxed out on it. People People actually like this segment better than anything else we do. So, sorry. It's, it's for better or worse. The rereadables, really quickly.
0: I won't even tell you what year I wrote this. You just have to guess. Okay. Think of all the under 25 guys we watched over the past two decades get thrust into a, you're a little too young t- for this, but you're our franchise player. So, how about you be our leader? And then flounder miser- miserably. We're talking about dozens of guys, a few of whom had more talent than Blank, but only five rose to the challenge without veteran help. KG, Chris Paul, LeBron, Wade, and Blank. That's the complete list, unless I forgot someone, which I'm sure I did. To Blank's credit, some believe Blank is the playoff sleeper this year, and it's mainly because he's turned into such a killer closer. Stay tuned. I I I'll give you one question if you need
1: more information. you want me to guess what year you wrote that? I can give you the year if you need help. No, you want me to guess the player. So it's yeah, none I'll of the... give you the
0: year to help you out.
1: 2010? 2009. 2009. It's Dwight. Nope. Uh, hey, do Turkaloo. Brandon Roy. <laughs> oh. Yeah. yeah, yeah Roy, I I love and the
0: re I got to tell you,
1: 2009 is when you were really good.
0: So I listed five guys who were, oh, when I was really good. <laughs> that was one of my career years. And 2009, Simmons.
1: It was yeah, like Tiger. Geez.
0: It was like Tiger 2004.
1: Um, the... Uh, how about I just listed five playoff closers, one of which was Brandon Roy? Roy had a stretch there where it was unbelievable, man. I mean, look, that's not that's not on him. And thank God he got his money, but no, his I, knees I'm were shot. I I'm saying. Yeah, I love Brandon Roy. You know what's funny is that Celtics trade that led to that whole thing, I hated that trade because I like Brandon Roy so much. I did too. And
0: then you talk to people, I think you and I both probably have a couple of sources at that point, and everybody's like, yeah, he's going to be out of the league in six years. So yep, he's got yep. no
1: ligaments in his knee. It's like,
0: yeah, but maybe. It's like, well, no, it he's still not worth gonna be in the it? league. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, like,
1: wasn't it? Ah, short term. But wasn't it still worth having that Brandon Roy for five years? Fuck yeah. So the same thing with Dewan Blair. Remember that? Yeah. No. they like, well, no he doesn't ligaments. have
0: any ACLs. It's like, all right, but this is the 40th pick. And yeah. he's just played in five years of games. We'll just take him. Um, Game of Thrones, really quickly. Yeah, definitely you were uh you were down on this season well wait a minute not
1: the whole season no i mean on tonight's episode (laughs) tonight's you're down on season seven so far hey look as a writer i get it (laughs) the guys are just trying to build momentum yeah right like what you normally have to do bill in this spot yeah is you know i know everybody wants all the bells and whistles and all the confetti but as a writer you get to set the tone you get a. You get a. So you like some of the choices your right. peers, Benioff and made. right? And but I think they kind of went dragon porn on you. They're like, I loved we, it. we know this is going to be a little boring, and then you and I were sitting there, and you completely unprompted on the couch, just say to Kyle and I, you go, you know, I can't get enough of these dragon scenes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, like, I fucking love the dragons. It was very so high great. PR the dragons. It was such
1: a great line because everybody'd been quiet for like five minutes. <laughs> the other funny thing is it's just the three of us, we're waiting
0: for food, thrones is on, and all of a sudden that dude's in the brothel just getting annihilated by three women. Right. And it's like, Hey,
1: so how's work? It's like one of those. I um, uh I don't know. I don't know what the response was, but then I was we were trying to dare each other and and clearly it's one of those things where I was like, I want to send out the tweet that's the anti everything, but it's not anti thrones because I love the show and the whole deal. But it was the zig. What, what you would wanted be, a zig? Yeah, I wanted it. This is not, the, the premiere was not unziggable. And no. so I was like, what would be the funniest thing that we could come up with? And we came up with some really funny stuff that we wouldn't tweet. And then I just said, hey, when's Veep on?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Which we thought was funny. And then nobody got it.
1: No one got it because they thought I was doing the, you know, hockey finals and then i give you a may baseball final highlight and they thought it was just me goofing on everybody being in the game of thrones but what i was really doing is because we were like 45 minutes in and you're like this is slow this is slow but i get what look i get what they were doing
0: i don't know if everybody else i know you were looking at the structure and how they're setting up the next four episodes like i don't want non-linear storylines what's the b story i'll tell you what i love the dragons
1: (laughs) i mean those things watching those babies fly and it was like a date you don't see a lot of that where you're like, wait, you guys are on a dragon flying date, and it seems way more dangerous. It well, just—how does the dragon know that you're on there? It's a fucking dragon. Well, that's what he
0: asked her. Jon Snow asked her, "What do you hold on to?" And she's like, "Just figure it out." And it's like, "Can I have a little more info? We're gonna be <laughs> flying really high in these dragons. Like, uh, any tricks? Do you anything? think you're
1: the queen of the seven kingdoms? We can't get a fucking saddle for one of these things." And then we tried to ruin it for your wife a little bit. Yeah, we did. Which we was really mean. tried to tell her
0: one of the dragons died. She didn't see it. Uh, I thought it'd be funny for us to recap game. Since we have binge mode, which is the best <laughs> recap podcast on the internet. I thought it'd be funny if we ended each podcast recapping that night's game of Thrones from the eyes of two guys who barely know all the characters names, but have seen every episode.
1: Seen every episode. Yeah. But we um, needed Kyle pretty. He was a life raft. So
0: for here's us. what I thought happened today. Um, Jon Snow found out that he's actually half Targaryen and that his that Khaleesi is his aunt, I guess, although he didn't know that part.
1: At some point, we thought it was sister, but that's not true. I think it's aunt. it felt a little Princess Leia Luke Skywalker.
0: Which means he's actually the real Iron Throne guy.
1: Yeah, heir to the throne. He's the heir to the, the throne. The rightful.
0: He's the rightful heir, but now of he has to realm. decide whether he Seven wants, Kingdoms. He has to decide now whether he wants to take- the thrown away from his girlfriend right who's his aunt yeah and by the way this isn't his one aunt the, who he's
1: been sleeping with
0: this isn't one of the top four incest atrocities on game of thrones this this whole aunt nephew thing yeah and as kyle pointed out like my wife is kyle's aunt so this is gross this is grosser than we're giving you credit for um so that happened
1: the uh i don't see kyle being a king
0: the white walkers Dang. knocked down that giant wall and then they went to go check out what happened, and there was a little boy that was attached to the wall, around all these limbs. And then it turned out, I think he was a White Walker, and they set him on fire.
1: Yeah, he hadn't been possessed cool. yet, or he was, or they didn't know. Um, that was the real scare. You, hey, we got to give these guys something. Yeah, because we're just we're bringing everybody back. It's almost like a big family reunion. We got to set the. It's the template has been set here, right? But we got to give you a little spice too. Is what they were doing.
0: There was a little Sansa not trusting uh, Daenerys, little, little side-eye side action that Jon Snow sensed and then called her on it. And then
1: uh, it, it just seems like they're setting up some sort of tension. You know what it felt like to me? Protective sister. The college football playoff committee. Like, they're sitting there and they're going, you know, the Unsullied, like, come on. <laughs> and then they're like, the Dothraki, like, they're not very good at home. They're good on the road. And then well, you're that, sitting around and be like, hey, you know, these fucking zombies are like right around the corner. Yeah. And you want to bitch about clans and whatnot. Renda right. And the whatnot. Like, come on. And that's what uh,
0: John Stone basically made the case. And that's when I compared him to Belichick for one of the three times during the episode. Belichick. Gives easily up, three. Yeah. Easily. Easily yeah. three. Belichick gives up the crown. He immediately trades whatever he needs to trade to get just more draft picks basically to fight the white walkers that's how he's thinking he's not worried about crowns what he has now all he's thinking about is the big game way down the road the white walkers
1: that's it we're on to the white walkers um another thing that happened by the way for the people that think bill's kidding right now he's not unprompted once again he would just go belichick wouldn't do that
0: I really did. I think Belichick would win the win the Iron Throne. Pretty right? for easily. people
1: that think it's an actor, it's kind of his, his Twitter thing. He just sits around at home. De goes up wow. to his kid. Belichick's he's like, Belich- hugely influential. Yeah. <laughs> his son was like going at the mozzarella sticks. He's like, Bill wouldn't do it that way. Bel-
0: Belichick would not have mozzarella stick right now. Uh,
1: uh Theon, who
0: no longer has uh who has been missing his uh generals for a while. A lot
1: of guys on the show.
0: He um yeah, he's a top. Is he your favorite eunuch or do you you like the bald guy?
1: I like the bald guy because I think he's a real operator. I, I feel like he's uh despite it all, he's a real operator. Mm. And he's um, you know, started at the bottom, now we hear.
0: Could take a joke.
1: So uh Theon
0: freed his sister, Yara. Good job right now. And she headbutted him to thank him. That was cool. And then they made up and then uh she kind of let him go. And I don't know if we see her again.
1: You know what blew my mind was the Viking robots. I was like, are you guys fucking... So, like, right at the end, when the Viking robot clan showed up, I'm like, okay, these guys stepped it up. And I think the robots are going to be the key to defeating the White Walkers. The Viking robots. Yeah. I didn't see that coming.
0: (laughs) Uh, And then... And then the Starks.
1: People are going to start drug testing us for this podcast. The Ringer next time I, I show tried, up. They'll be like, "Can you uh, can you come down I here?" I tried
0: to quiet sell it. Uh, and then the Starks kind of reunited. It was the first time we saw all of them together. We left out Cersei. Um gave it up. She gave it up to uh, what was that guy's name, Kyle?
1: Euron. You're Euron.
0: You're Euron. You're who I liked. He's kind of a rational confidence.
1: You might be the only guy that likes him. No, I, don't, I, I don't, liked
0: his strategy with Cersei. He, he went a rational confidence.
1: I want a boat he one day. He so some threes at her. I, I like that part of it. But because um, <laughs> he's always got boats, right? Sponsor, but I, boats. I think actually the biggest thing, the biggest thing, I'm glad you went there because of all the stuff that's happened, because she said, um, you we, want a whore, buy one. You want a queen, earn her. And every single woman that I follow on social media posted that. Like now the rule the game just changed. Like, hey, no offense. You know she still slept with the grimy pirate guy, right? <laughs> really? You know she still slept with him. So And and she might be pregnant. Yeah, like it's a real good line, but but he didn't he didn't turn around and leave with his boats now, did he? And he was like the cat eating the canary afterwards, too. Yeah, he was a real that guy's I can, not a cuddler.
0: I can promise you
1: this. That guy's dying. That guy will die over the next seven. Who's damage. dying first? Who's the big first? That guy's death?
0: one of the first ones.
1: I don't think he's tier one enough. So then creepy post and Bran. No one likes that guy. His approval rating's so low right now. No he's one like likes Ben him. Simmons of Game of Thrones. I like that he took his shot though
0: with Cersei. He just easily could have been murdered by the any of the people in suit of armor at any time. And then uh, Bran. Yeah, Bran. It's reunited. I'm Typically weird performance from Bran.
1: Like it's clearly wants to get traded. I have one person I know, one person who's like, "I like the Raven storyline."
0: <laughs> there are no dragons. Maybe guys haven't put e- on a dragon. The
1: guy who said this, people haven't emailed him in like a year.
0: By the way, Bran hasn't been able to walk in six years. They can't throw him at a dragon, let him fly around a little bit, get a little feel for the being in the air with Drogon. One of those guys? No, Is Drogon, the dead dragon. Who's the who are yeah. the living dragons, Kyle? Nah, man. Come Steve on. Steve and Doug.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Steve no? and Doug, the other two dragons. <laughs> Steve Dragon and Doug Dragon. Hey,
1: come here, Doug. <laughs> so
0: then uh get
1: on Doug, John. I'll the gonna- last
0: one at the end was Bran seeing Jamie Lannister.
1: Yeah, there you go. That was good. That the was last good. time
0: they had really locked eyes, he was seeing uh, Jamie having sex with his sister, and then he got pushed off a of high tower.
1: So there's some mending of fences that needs to happen. They man have
0: to talk that one out. Maybe at M- Maybe at a- NBA TV, one of the All Star Break episodes. You know, they get Shaq and Kobe. <laughs> this week, it's Jamie Lannister and Brad are going to talk. about Jamie's
1: like, I didn't really know you. <laughs>
0: I just don't know why you did it. Yeah, I thought you were peeping Tom. I didn't. I just. I. I was fine with you and your sister. Just don't push me off the tower next time. So what? You can see shit. How's this work? <laughs> so and then the the coming attractions, which they don't give away anything anymore because they know people like Mallory and Jason are just gonna f- pick apart the freeze frames and figure out where the show's going. So now it's just like a whole lot of. It's like Mad Men used to do this too. It's like coming up on Mad Men. It would be like Don Draper having a Coke and then somebody in a car. And then like <laughs> like Peggy saying something. And then it was like, what was that? Is that so anyway, they don't give it anyway. So that was our Game of Thrones recap. what do you think, Kyle? New segment? Great. Or should your, this be the your only time guy? we did it? Who's your first dead guy? Oh, I think Cersei's lover is dead within yeah, I would say two thirds of an episode. Could Over could under frame is 40 minutes.
1: Yeah, episode two. Yeah, they gotta they gotta take out somebody big. In in the second episode, I also I think
0: thinking. the bearded guy is going to have a really really great death. The guy with the bug eyes, that guy. You know what I'm talking about?
1: Yeah the the, the uh, Tormund. Yeah, yeah. Fire Robin sword. Yeah. yeah,
0: he's going to have a death, but it'll be a cool death, and he'll he'll have a couple sentences before he. Goes. Soldier's death. The other thing I really they haven't had a lot of scenes with Sansa and Jon Snow, and how they disguise the height difference is <laughs> phenomenal because. Kid Harrington's like five six, five seven in real life, and you're pretty and, good friends with him, right? No, I <laughs> stood next to him at a party once, but uh, oh, I don't know. That's not Sansa's, that's not what he
1: said. He thinks you're closer.
0: Sansa's like five foot eleven, so they have to use these weird height things where you never actually see the wide shot.
1: Yeah, it's and how, they're still she's still towering, and she's over still him. towering. Right.
0: It's like Vin Diesel and The Rock in any Fast and Furious movie. Uh, all right, Rosillo, dual threat this week.
1: Dual threat, Josh McCown, part four of the backup QB stories. Think about this quarterback room. His 2007 Raiders team, Lane Kiffin was 33, the head coach. Al Davis was telling him to bench all the quarterbacks every week. Dante Culpepper was 30, still thought he was awesome. They had just signed holdout Jamarcus Russell, whose idol was Dante Culpepper, McCown, and then Andrew Walter, who had already asked for a trade. That was the QB room. And he tells me stories for about fifteen minutes about that, and the rest of his journey, and the way it's ended, and it's, it's, um, it's a fun start. There's a lot of ups and downs throughout his career. His end is terrific, but the Raider stuff alone is worth listening to. Can't wait!
0: All right, Ryan, we'll talk to you next week. See ya! All right, thanks to the Zone. Remember, setting up is easy. Download the Zone app on the Apple or Android app store. Sign up by creating an account. Start watching across nearly any of your devices and you can get a whole bunch of awesome fights, baseball, you name it. It's all on there. Check that out. Don't forget about Talk to Thrones. Our Twitter show, you should be watching it every week right after Game of Thrones ends. But if you miss this week, you can go right on there and uh, watch the episode on the Twitter account that we have, which is at Ringer, or um, you can do hashtag Talk to Thrones or check out our YouTube channel where we have a lot of this stuff, including all the Game of Thrones content that we did over the course of uh the last five weeks that is youtube.com slash ringer for all that stuff as well back with a couple more podcasts this week until then